the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily <laughs> yeah. reflect the views and opinions. These of people this don't podcast. actually agree with each other. <laughs> Silence the phone did, for man. For goodness I sakes, man. I did. Be professional. This is a professional podcast. We do things professionally. But they put in somewhere on Maple Island, I believe. They got all the way down into the swamp flats in the middle of the night, lost. This is why America's going to collapse. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the river came back It has nothing to do with fascism. It has nothing to do with totalitarianism. We're done. It has nothing to Fold do with... Fold it up. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> we had a good run. <laughs> We can't go too long. Old Terry's, uh, you getting a little sleepy. I'm just sitting in my chair. (laughs) I pulled up and I waited like three. (laughs) I waited. I fell asleep watching a movie last night because it was a really boring kids movie, and I woke up to (coughs) right in the gut. One of the kids thought it would be fun to just come up and sucker punch me while I'm laying on the couch. Ah, Paper Planes. It's an Amazon Prime movie. Some cheesy family kids thing. Yeah. But apparently it was based on a true story. Yeah. Oh, are you self-conscious since we talked about the fire? Or you? No, I was letting it Terry, burn have down. Terry, you, have you so. listened? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're so, sorry. So you know that at any moment from when you sit down, you could be being recorded. Yeah, I, I knew that Joe pressed the button. Okay, all right. It's actually before you walked in. I wanted to catch it on audio that Aaron was on time. <laughs> we have been doing this for over a year now, right, Jared? Yeah. How many times do you think Aaron's been on time? Two or three. Maybe. Today's a I'd defi- say that's a fair Today's assessment. a definitive one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we've documented any other instances. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. No? We've documented when he's late. It's one of those, it's easier to highlight a mistake. What than defines a, late? Any well, time according, after <laughs> according to the Aaron, agreed upon 8.30. 8.30 and two seconds is late. It's late. That is yes. correct. Yes. That is the social But apparently, according to Jared, that is cultural. It is cultural. Because 8.32 is not later than 8.30 in other cultures. Correct. Like if they say, it's like in wife time. There's there's no time. 8.30, okay. 8.39, you're right there. You know, actually, that that makes sense. I have a friend of the family who will probably never listen, so I don't know if his wife ever knew that he did this, but his wife was so bad at being on time that on Sunday mornings, in order to get her to church on time, he would set the clocks back half an hour when she woke up. And then right before it's time to church for church, he would like change them while she's in the bathroom finishing up. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, look, it's time to go." That, that was the only way he could get, could get her to church on time. We do that with some family members on family gatherings. You tell them a half an hour earlier than it actually is. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't. It's expectations one of which goes to our church. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that I'm not late. I know. I you know, just don't care. It's not that I, it's not that I don't care. It, it, we have a casual enough relationship that you don't care. Be honest. That's what it is. You do not care. 
We're not important enough to you. Let me think about it. Now, See, you I knew that you were way. going that way. I knew you were going that way. <laughs> See, what I was going to do is... You don't even love me. I was going to wait for him to admit it and then edit the audio later to have a about us after oh. the you don't care, you know. That's too late. Yeah, too late now. It'd be really clunky when we edited it, too. I don't know what you're talking like about. We have, but it, but it would be we have high-tech editing yeah. skills. Production value is right up there with yeah. With what are you using? Are you using Audacity? <laughs> What's a low um, bar? <laughs> I'm using Waveform for recording, and I usually use that for output as well. Gotcha. I have Audacity, but it has so many bells and whistles that I do. That's what I use. No, what you use? But Audacity? I only Wait. use like three or four Wait. of the bells and whistles. You use Audacity, yeah. Adobe? Yeah, I don't know. I thought Auda- you used no, some Audacity. free knockoff version of. No, Audacity be. is free. Yeah. There's yeah. a free version of it, Audacity. Audition, sorry. Oh. I have Audition. Adobe that audition. I don't have. Sorry. Audacity is the, the free knockoff of Audition. My bad. So does Audacity the, uh, is actually pretty robust, though. It's not bad. It's I mean, robust. When you're doing... I said pretty robust, not very robust. I was mocking the robust, not the pretty or the very. Are you serious? Yes. You're mocking the fact <laughs> that I said robust. Yeah. People with low vocabularies mock people with higher vocabularies for using their higher vocabularies. Exactly. Just letting you know. All right. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so, there's, so does it mess with your head a little bit to hear it play back with the headphones? He hasn't talked enough to hear his own voice yet. No, that's yet. true. I'll come along. I'll come along. <laughs> Talk I'll a little bit more. I need to figure out your I'll audio level. <laughs> Turn him way up. Turn him way up. So welcome to the Undignified Christianity Podcast. Where Jared's in charge tonight. Yes. And we invite you to gaze over the water with us. No, we don't. <laughs> okay. No. We don't. No. Anyway, so was that official openers, or does anybody have any actual openers? Mine is, I learned a term for something I've grumbled about for years. Yes. Shrinkflation. Shrinkflation? Yes. If you hear that term, what do you think that would be? Uh, the value of your wages decreasing no. per inflation? Kind of, no. <laughs> the process of when a company will maintain a price but put less product in order to maintain that price. Oh, yeah, there's so like more and more air bars. in that yeah. Doritos Granola bars, as they, get, they, they remain the same price, but the smaller granola bars, salt, <laughs> shrinkflation. <laughs> shrinkflation. Like, Love it. I like Do- that word. Dollar Tree is no longer just a dollar anymore. No. Like yeah, buck they, they, they couldn't shrinkflate anymore. Listen, if we the, do it anymore, we're going to have to... <laughs> they shrunk the bottle of dish soap, yeah, then they added it. water, and then they shrunk yeah. it again, Pay and a added water again. They're like, shoot, <laughs> we can't sell empty bottles anymore yeah. for a dollar. How sustainable is that name, really, when you start out? How long can you like, How long out? were you going to do well, that? I mean, dude? if you were started in like the 1800s, like, that's, I mean, that, you had a pretty good run. You had a long way. The most expensive place in town. 700. <laughs> 700 gallons of dish soap for a dollar. <laughs> Went from the high end down to, well, we can't do a dollar anymore. Right. So what are they... Not, well, you got Family Dollar and Dollar General, and those aren't a dollar only. So I think they're just going to slide in under that and be like, well, everything doesn't say everything's a dollar tree. It's just dollar tree. Two dollars or seven dollars. across the point that it's... Cheap, cheap stuff. <laughs> cheap stuff. Made in China, likely yes. to fall apart within days. We got all our dishes from Dollar Tree. Shelf falls down and crashes. Ten bucks. <clears throat> Refurnish the kitchen. Love it. Wonderful. It works great for us because we have hard water, and that leaves 
really nasty colors <laughs> after about a hundred washes through the dishwasher, and we're finally looking at our dishes like, yeah, it's about time to go buy a whole new set for twenty bucks. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's a plate, seriously. Oh man. So we have a guest with us tonight. Can I say like your full name and where you're from? Or are we going to do like the thing we did with Pete? Our was... last guest tried to be anonymous, and anybody oh, yeah. with hat, go? not well. You know who it was. <laughs> I know. Well. Yeah. <laughs> we well, called... we didn't say who it was. How did you know? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> we called him Pete. <laughs> Shall we call you Terry? If if you want to. If we remember, if we remember, we There's might slip up. To have. We'll edit it out. <laughs> so how would you qualify yourself then? Because I've heard people call you Reverend before, yeah, and you did, did not go over that well. That does not go well. No, yeah. no. I, I mean, it made me laugh because I was standing next yeah. to the conversation There's and laughing. There's nothing to be revered here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do have the credentials, though. I do. You but, do have the credentials, but, but yeah. That's, theoretically. To me, that's ridiculous. So you would go with, like, pastor? I, I, now, I'd go with Terry. There we go. Okay. That's what I was yes. going for. Yes. I am a pastor of a church, but please refer to me as my name. That's where I usually go, but then, yeah. yeah. So, like, my name or pastor my name? No pastor. <laughs> so not Terry, just my name. Right. Just, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just refer to me as Terry. There you go. So um, It almost I was, sounded like revere me as Terry. Refer to me revere. I think he really wants that reverend. He's, yeah. trying, to, he's trying to work his way back to it. Yeah. Deep inside. Deep, in, deep inside he's vomiting. <laughs> it was a really fun conversation because the guy I remember that did it, like, it was like every week. And I could see your face like, hey, like not, still not funny. I appreciate where they're coming from. Yes. But. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm not sure because oh. there's been many through the years. Oh, really? Well, really? I haven't been going there that now long. Now that I know this kind of makes you cringe. <laughs> <laughs> you just made my day, Jerry. No, no to self. Do not ever tell Joe anything that makes you cringe. I'm I'm a little sibling through and through, <laughs> through and through. I wonder what happens if I do this. Now what happens? Yeah, we're gonna go with Rev. That's if I push that button for you. the hundredth time, does it make it worse? Sooner I'm just going. You're right. You should refer to me as that. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. This is America. No. Great, make me call you Reverend. Start start calling him Terry and be like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I uh, beg your pardon. Uh, uh, you missed something. <laughs> Terry, I have to thank you for introducing me to the old church curmudgeon. Oh, yeah. I think I saw you post something of his, what, months ago, yes. right around Christmas time, I, a little before Christmas. That was the first time I'd ever heard of the church curmudgeon. Yes. If y'all listen and haven't ever followed the church curmudgeon on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, I don't know if he's on all those, but he's definitely on Facebook. It's hilarious. Yes. Lots of great, clean church humor. Yes. I like how you were trying to flex there with all these different social medias that you don't have. I have the Book of Faces, and I'm on, <laughs> I'm on the gram. Yeah, look for him on Twitter. At, uh, Isn't it meta now? Yeah, meta. <laughs> yeah, go to... Did you see they lost like $300 billion this quarter? Yeah. I didn't even yeah. care. Yeah. Maybe They'd lost like 20% of their stock holdings. Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened? They lost 50 million users when they went to meta. Because there was there's a, a lot of, of new stuff like, with... Uh, tracking and things of that nature that they can do that was a part of that rollout. There was like 50 mean people that were like, I'm out. Yeah, I might need to do that too. Yeah. Well, it's frustrating because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of like my business. Yeah. Right? Like I have there's a, a lot page, of value in being there. But you can't be there unless you have a 
you know, a footprint yeah. in it. A footprint in it. And so it's like memes. Uh, that's why I have Facebook. <laughs> memes. memes. <Yeah>. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Professional I hated stalker. memes. Yeah. When, I hated memes when they first became a thing, like what seven, eight years ago. And now I'm like, I live for these. <laughs> now all I text my sibling is gifs. We have conversations. <laughs> oh, no, don't don't say gifs. Whatever. Say gifs. I gifs. believe the millennial thing is the gifs. Graphics interchange format. Yes, it's, it's spelled gif. Graphic. But I believe GIF. the person who created them is an idiot if they go okay. with you. No. All right. No. I think you need arm wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get the guy here who invented them, <laughs> and then you can arm wrestle him. See, I happen to agree with you, Jared. I call them GIFs, too, but I want my wife to think I'm on her side. So it's GIFs. Okay. All right. yeah. Good move. Fair enough. Yeah. Well done. Smooth. You insulted your wife and... <laughs> <laughs> well done. Just trying to make sure there's no Two more birds, sex one openers. stone, I think, is how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no sex openers. <laughs> if you've listened to any, Joe had a streak there was like, and here's his opener again. We're going to go. All right. Are we going to have to rename this thing Joe and Michelle's bedroom or what's going on here? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, no. We were starting to wonder for a minute there, Joe. We never got that detailed. There are just a couple funny stories. That's all. <laughs> so what do you got, Terry? What do we got? Yeah. For an opener, you said you were going to dance. Well, you just sent me this text saying, oh, we usually do an opener. I'm like, What's an opener? We have not included video Wait, yet. Wait, time out. Dancing, time out. <laughs> you just admitted that you really don't listen to it because we've done an opener every single time since we started podcasting. Not every podcasting. single time. And it's not like one of those subtle podcasts where we just sneak in this gentle conversation and then slide into the topic. It's like, was that your opener? <laughs> Did you do your openers? <laughs> but it's usually... Two of us will like just kind of sneak it in there. It'll be smooth, and then the other one. And will... Then the other one's like, "What? Wait, what happened? Was, was that your opener? Do I?" <laughs> but it's a rotating. Opener? It's not like one. It's a rotating thing. It's true. Yeah. Uh huh. So what do you got? Anything clever in the last like twenty minutes inside Texas? Just random. Like just random. Yeah. Whatever. Jared likes to grab news stuff. Joe likes to talk about family stuff, and I just Aaron likes to I flex rant. how he's learning Greece. He's learning Greek. Greece. <laughs> <laughs> I learned Greece. He's learning Greece. You're, you're learning Greek? I am taking Greek right now, yeah. Why? <laughs> because he right. wants to be Reverend Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Is it I, that you want to go to the store one day and just start talking fluently in Greek and everybody just... He's inspired by the yogurt. That's what it is. Yeah. That's right. My oikos. Is yogurt, it an actual requirement which for your means course, house. or did you say I want this? I I've always kind of wanted it. I don't know, I'm, and maybe I'm romanticizing reading the New Testament. Oh, you are in Greek. I mean, hashtag oversight. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I also want to learn French. That's a mistake. That's not in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. that's not biblical. Don't so, do it. <laughs> I, I'm not learning Greek because I have to learn Greek to understand the New Testament. I'm learning Greek because. I like language. I'm bilingual currently. I thought it, and they say every, like, once you learn your second language, then the third one's that much easier, and the fourth one's that much easier, and on and on. So my brother speaks five, language, five languages fluently, and I'm like, I can do that too. So, hey, might as well start with Greek. Cause Anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> you might as well start with Greek. <laughs> You're going to say that. You I wouldn't to say that. But, yeah, I, I just, I don't you know, want to. It's not a bad thing. I just, it was one of the more difficult things in life for me to wrap my head around is 
the whole great thing. Yeah, so I would never willfully say here, put me through this torch. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm actually I'm actually enjoying it. I that, that was a great opener, Terry. I really appreciate the words Aaron had to say for you. Yeah. I'm a good deflector. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I play goalie so well. Is that a course in college? It's a, it's deflect? Seminary yeah. course, <laughs> deflect. Tell you what, it should be. <laughs> Save a lot, a lot of passes, Some a lot ang- of heartache. Angry mom comes Listen, rolling into the office. When somebody asks you a direct Actually. question, what you do is put up a shield and let that bounce right off. And <laughs> chapter, or uh, uh, lesson one, calling out others' sins. <laughs> lesson two, the weather. Lesson three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greek. So, um, I was actually surprised you accepted. I called Terry, and I was like, hey, because he would be my pastor. He, go, he pastors at the church that I go to. And I was like, hey, do you want to be on a podcast? And I was like, ready to like, with reasons that maybe he should accept, but probably not. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Uh, what were, what what were your reasons? Yeah, why did like you Like, if you say remember. no, how are you going to talk him into it? Yeah. I don't know. Did you want me to say yes, or are you like, oh, Let's, let's yes. play it out. Let's play it out this right was, now. I think this was an I don't out. remember. This was like two weeks ago. <laughs> Here's let's, what it is. It was compulsory. He's like, I want to have a pastor on, and I feel like I should ask my own pastor well, first, but there's this, <laughs> other one that I, there's this other one that I really want. <laughs> And then as soon as he said yes, truth. Like, truth. Well, what it was was we're like we're supposed to start having guests because we're we're trying to make a concerted effort to have more guests, and I'm like, because oh, people man. are sick of listening to us, they want to Which listen is to somebody else. Something that I have kind of advocated for, but then I was like, oh, that means I have to like invite people to be on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who should I invite to be on? I have to plan ahead. I could call what? Terry. He could be on there. The whole podcast him. thing is against my nature completely. That's why I was like, I don't think he's going to do it, it really but I'll call is. him anyway. Really? Because I like, I, I, what I know about you just says to me, all Terry wants to do is just have other people listen to what he has to say. Like that, that just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Like, let me just sit over here and watch everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I'd rather watch people, yeah. listen to them, and go, <laughs> <laughs> and judge them. Which is kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, Straight from the pastor. Which is kind of fun because I, I've been teaching Sunday school for the last like couple months. And I'll know that I'm getting on like either a sensitive subject or I'm saying something incorrectly because he will get up from his chair in the office and like walk around the corner and I'll see him like This is what Jared really means. Yeah. I'm like, that was probably translation. I don't say that. No, you no. sound like my <laughs> wife, man. <laughs> Let me tell you what my husband really meant. <laughs> no, I meant this. Terry, Terry's like, this is, that's not what Jared really means. And Jared's going, yes, it is. It's exactly what it's I mean. It's usually not. But if you want to sugarcoat it, grow up, go ahead. It's usually I'm stuttering. I'm like, this is what I would like to say. <clears throat> but I'm not going to say that. Because that would like clearly cross some lines that I don't even want to get close to. Like, he is eh. a really good teacher. He really I know. I, I know. You would almost think that if he wasn't doing it, he'd be miserable for his whole life. My armpits sweat so much. Did I ever tell you the story? Because I did uh, uh, is prison. Is like when you breathe? Because that's what happens with me. When I am in front of people, I will, like, it's incredibly, I sweat a ton. Like, I don't wear light colors if I'm going to be in front of people. The first time I went to the, I did the jail ministry for a while, and the first time I wore a gray t-shirt, 
And after the second <laughs> group, came, oh, dude, the second group came through, and like this guy raised his hand. He's like, "Hey, man, you did a great job." He's like, "Are you nervous?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> why?" He's like, kind of sweating a little bit. Uh, Here, drink some. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, but yeah, like it's bad. Like I go sit down, and I'm like, ah, and then it, no, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. But yes, he does like to do that. I think he would prefer to just kind of like. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong. What does it mean? When you do that, mm. like when you're teaching, when you sit back, watch someone else and go, I'm just going to throw that in there and I'm going to walk away <laughs> and I'm going to have fun doing it. I just think the pastor's role isn't to tell people what they believe. I think they should allow them to discuss things around and then redirect the thoughts <laughs> <laughs> to get back on the track to maybe what so, they are thinking about. here's a question. When I'm teaching Sunday school, do Listen you do you feel like sheep. when you're when you're correcting, right, and pushing back in the I'm right direction? Never is that more of a okay when you're trying to guide me back into the? Would you say that's like more of a solid object or like a pool noodle or like a baseball bat? Is it like a like a gentle nudge? No, it's, it like, I mean, it's just you. You sometimes it's the class too that you know true. pulls you off the road. But everything's and about then you me. go, oh yeah, <laughs> Yo, you really you want to jump the tracks? Wait till I jump. Watch this. <laughs> I can crash the whole train. <laughs> no, I just, I just feel sometimes that the conversation is hitting all around what everyone's trying to say, and I yeah. just feel like throw something in there. We had one recently, which we, uh, yeah, this is. <clears throat> bunny trail but we had one recently where it was you said bunny trail does he need to, are you going to step back in and redirect it back he might he might need to but it was I talking about it just let it go well it was it, it was it was a lesson on um what was it on on uh, you can't remember two weeks ago i can't you remember this i don't know but i remember like i was really stressed about it but it was um on uh, discrimination and a couple other things like that and the preconceptions and stereotypes that we form in our mind and how we it went it went all right but we stayed with like tattoos and things of that nature and didn't really go didn't hit the real hot no i mean it was a good discussion but it was interesting it's not always necessary to hit that no you don't have to no, you don't. It's have to. fun sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not always necessary. I don't know what you're talking about. I find that it's really enjoyable for the moment, and then as soon as the moment over, it's like that was not fun. Like, look what I did! Like that was Crap. not. Crap. Yeah, that was not good. Anyway, um, the reason you said that you had a couple things you would be interested in talking about, and then I had a little. Do I need to back up a little bit? I already turned him down a oh, little okay. bit. All right. <laughs> Um, Jared's excited to talk to Terry tonight. He's leaning into the mic a little well, more. Well, like usual. I have to, like when I my back doesn't work. Then so why don't I, you turn your old chair? Well, then I have to do it when I look at Joe. It's all right. You don't really like to look at me anyway. I have to make sure he's not stabbing me in the back, dude. <laughs> There's no battery in the oscillating tool you gave me, so why I can't get to would there? be a stab. <laughs> he has to borrow it. Borrowing it. And if we don't set it where we can see it, we'll forget it's there, and then he won't remember you it. You guys aren't that old, man. Yeah. I've been blown up are. a lot of times. <laughs> and I died once. So, and I'm I feel just like stupid, we're qualified. So yeah. um, Your qualifiers mean nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no excuse. I'm sorry. Uh, so the thing that I had in mind is... Stupid. Um, because we go to a smaller church. Mm-hmm. And just the difference in, it, in my conversations and the things I listen to 
the emphasis is always, not always, but it seems like it leans heavier toward bigger churches, mega churches, and how they influence culture and how they, all these things. So that was kind of my thought. As I go to a smaller church for a lot of reasons, and you pastor a smaller church, like what influence and what role do smaller churches have in the greater culture of Christianity? Because usually when somebody starts talking about small churches, it's like those backwoods people that believe such and such and so and so, and the people holding the and church back. Snake handlers. Yes. And that's that seems not, to be... That's not true? <laughs> What's wrong with handling snakes? <laughs> For you not. So when you say, Jared, when you say small churches, what do you... And that was, we have to qualify because... Define We're talking small... small it's nuanced. Our average, it's all nuanced. Our average attendance is about 40. 40, yeah. 40-ish. And a lot of people, that would be like microscopic because the big, bigger churches in our area are 200. Which are considered smaller churches. Yes. So is it, isn't the average congregation size like 150 to 200 or something in the country? 60 to 70. 60 to 70? Oh, okay. Really? That's the statistical average size, give or take? Yeah. So it feels like we're ignoring a fairly large, the larger larger churches. churches. That's the pattern. Yeah. And that's what everybody's trying to get it to. Mm -hmm. And is that really something we should be going for? Or does it, yeah, that was kind of my... What is, what is the role of the small church? Yeah. Why would so, it be different than the large church? Well, the goal should be... Well, what do you think the goal should be? That should be the same across Ooh, Like how he did that? He just threw that out yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> See, he was deflecting again. Reverend, the Padawan has become the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> It goes back to the role of the church. What is the real role of the church? And a lot of people would say it's the Great Commission, right? Yeah. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the I think that's overemphasized. Oh. I do. I think it's part of it. Are you ready to fight? I am. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Fight, Because Jesus himself talks about more about building the kingdom more than he does about reaching others. And everything he talks about is building the kingdom. He's talking about building the kingdom or developing the kingdom? I mean... Think about it. How would we define... Okay. <laughs> He's telling us what the kingdom of heaven is like. Like My kingdom on earth is going to be like this. Over and over he talks about that more in the New Testament. And then at the end, you know, he goes and he... This great commission is given, right? All right, guys. I prepared you to go do this. Yes. But sometimes I think we take the Great Commission so personally and say, okay, that's my job, and it's a Great Commission. I'm not taking anything out of it. But it's easier to focus on that than it is to focus on yourself. Right. And if For my some- focus is always on fixing them sinners and never looking within yourself, I, I think Jesus spent more time telling us to evaluate ourselves and to how we treat other people than he does to actually go save them people. Joe had a... No, he's thinking. I had That's a, a thinking face. You had like a... <laughs> did for a minute, and then yeah. decided to hold back. <laughs> <laughs> it's called self-control, Jerry. You should try it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. That's my problem. Because <laughs> I tend to agree. Like, and it seems with the bigger... The bigger your church gets, the more they have to replicate a smaller church within the bigger church. 
over and over, over and over and over again. Yes. So, I mean, because I agree. A big a big church without some sort of like a, a small group layout that focuses and turns more inward towards spiritual development and the things that are more commonplace and easily occurring in smaller churches. I, I think it's doomed to fail as just an entertainment venue. But right. So I, I agree, but. I think that... I don't know um, that I could agree that one is more important than the other. I think they I'm, both deserve I'm, a equal focus. I'm kind of leaning in that direction, too, just in terms of... I oh, mean, well, shoot, gift, if you both agree that way, I'm going to have to make a difference. <laughs> I'll just I just looked at gift, gifting, you know. <clears throat> are all apostles, are all evangelists, are all, you know... And the, 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 the rhetorical answer to that is no. Everybody's got different gifts. Well, a few places, evangelism is spoken of as a separate gift. And exhortation and administration and preaching and so <clears throat> I think a lot of times <clears throat> and I I think a lot of times people will focus on their you know where their particular gift like okay maybe my gifting is in evangelism and so I'm going to hammer on the Great Commission you know, we need people to, to hear the story of Jesus presented in a way that that opens the door for them to receive Christ and to be transformed and to be born again. Okay, so that's that's my lean, and I might go I might go as far as incorrectly as far as to say that's the most important thing. Somebody else who's gifted in maybe teaching may just hammer on. No, we have to make sure our doctrine is solid, and we've got to get all our you know all all this heresy gotten out of here, and we got to just make sure we stay true to doctrine. And and you got other people whose gifts. Jared, your dad, your gift of helps, man. Just that guy's always got his hands on something helping somebody. You know, well, he, he might lean more toward, you know, we just have to serve the people around us. That's the most important thing with Jesus. But I think it's, I think it's all of it. And that's why there's so many gifts distributed throughout the body. So what do you think? Um, I guess I would have to start with a premise. Do you think that God raises people up to fill the roles that need to be filled? Always. I have a, I have a very weak argument, and I will admit that it's a weak argument. Um, th uh, that God will not provide a local body with a need or calling that he has not provided someone gifted in that area. So you would fill. agree that <clears throat> throughout throughout Christendom or whatever you want to call it in a local area mm -hmm. that God will fashion a group of people that they can support each other right so what percentage do you think needs to be the voice 100% wait I'm sorry say I don't understand the question I don't so understand. The, <laughs> my question fine voice here's what, what here's voice. what I'm trying to get at it seems like a very high percentage of people feel like they need to be the voice I don't know. I know Def a lot. I'm, I'm still lost. Personally, the voice. What do you mean by well, the just evangelists. just the evangelists, spreaders of the good news? Ah, okay, got you. I feel like the majority of believers I know would do almost anything they can to avoid being the voice. Really? Yeah. I think that we need to define the voice because That's I true. think it's true if it's an evangelistic voice. That's what I was interpreting his but speech. I as. believe that everybody wants to be the prophet today. Mm. Everyone wants that tweetable phrase, that, wig of, wi that nugget of <laughs> wisdom that's going to make people go, 
you oh, I'm right. so wrong. And everyone wants to be that. And we see it on the Facebooks all the time, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to teach them. I'm going to lay down this <laughs> wisdom, and they're all going to fall in line. But it never comes to never that, Never goes does to it? that. Never does. You see people arguing around each other all the time. Oh, like yeah. Refusing to confront each other, but you watch two people like posting things about each other but not to each other. <laughs> it's yeah. like... You realize if you sat down and had a conversation, I've been guilty of this in the past as well, but if you sat down and had a conversation with this person, it could be over in like 60 seconds. Yeah, it's, but we don't. <laughs> now, Joe, when you say in the past, are you talking like 20 minutes ago? No, it was like a couple, <laughs> week, couple weeks, I think. Okay. Like <laughs> it was a long time ago. Was, he's over it. He's grown. So, so, so challenge my weak argument that God will not provide a local body. Wait, your argument providing. is that he will not provide the body? My, my weak argument is, and, and I, again... I'm admitting it's a weak argument. Why um, do you think it's weak? Because um, I have no way to back it up. Well, you're asking us to provide substance to no, your I'm lack asking, of willingness I'm to research you. God's word. <laughs> I, sure. I cannot find it. We are here for you. We shall sharpen your iron. <laughs> no, I, chal- I guess, I what, guess the what question was the theory is again? That, they, that the God will that or God, will not? That God... If God calls a church if to God do something, he's going to provide the person or the resource to do if it. If God puts a group of people together and there is a need, in that group there is gifting to fill that need. Right. I, I believe that is true. I agree with you. I, I don't have evidence to support it. I don't have biblical reference. I don't have I experiential have a, reference. I have a fun biblical have. reference that's, I don't know, it's one of my... I, I love the Old Testament. I absolutely love the Old Testament. Yeah, I think Deborah and Barak. Barak was called Barak. to go... What? Oh, yeah, yeah, Barak, yeah. Barak, Barak. With a goad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was called to go lead the army, and he's like, ah, I don't want to do it alone. And so Deborah ends up going with him, and basically the saying went, that, okay, well, you're not going to get credit for this battle. A woman's going to get credit for it. <laughs> and so... There was that need for somebody to lead, and he didn't want to do it on his own. So God was like, all right, I have somebody here. You are not the center of my world and the center of making my plans work. I'm going to make my plans work whether you want to be there for them or not. I can use my own wife as an example because she, like, when she started Community Closet, she started reaching out to people in the community like, hey, I have this vision to provide free clothing for people. And the more people she talked to, she learned that like there were maybe four or five people who had had it on their heart for years to do the exact same thing, and nobody had done it. And Michelle's like, well, I guess it's fallen to me then, because it was just put on my heart, and mm-hmm. I'm going to do something about it. So I, I agree with you, Aaron. I don't think it's a weak argument. I think it's biblically. And yeah, I don't. So if a need is not being met then, if you follow that logic, if a need is not being met... Oh, that was a real cool backwards rebuke. I liked it. Huh? You're, you're about to you're say there's somebody slacking and you yeah. should find yeah. out who's slacking. No, I'm not. <laughs> That's no. what I just heard. <laughs> well, I, no, I, I see your so point. It, so, yeah. is, so, it, so is it that – and that's, that's where my argument starts to fall apart um, is if that's the case, then there is somebody who's not stepping up and using the gifts that God has given them. See, that wouldn't be my problem. My problem would be or how you're to in identify, the... encourage, or kick in the pants Equip. the person – yeah. The, I like the opposite. Equip. The opposite equip. of that would be is is that person who needs that meet in the wrong needs that need met. Are they in the wrong place? Are you coming See, to my are you coming is, to the church asking for is, stitches? Like my argument is that those people are in the right place. 
See, I wouldn't agree with that argument. Yeah, okay. some All right. I think you can walk into a place expecting it, expecting something of it, God's body or anything else, that it was not prepared to handle. Because, like, think of a monastery where people spend their lives praying and meditating on Scripture, translating mm-hmm. Scripture, rewriting manuscripts. To go in there and ask them for evangelism advice is probably a foolish effort on your part. I think. So I I think your argument is weak to that end. But as far as to the end of like looking, if the person is seeking help in the right place and you guys, God will provide the need, whether it's in that local church or somewhere else. So we have gone way left. We're talking about the role of smaller churches. Jared just called you a leftist. Jared just called you a leftist. No, okay. I don't Let think me correct we've gone that. Le- no, I don't think we've gone left. I, okay. think, I think that is part of the discussion of the role of the smaller church because now you're talking about a limited number of people, which can mean a limited number of gifts. And so, you know, if you got, if you got 10 people and you ascribe to a theory that there's 18 gifts, for example, well... Somebody better be double dipping. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, I mean, just to kind of simplify the the argument here, if you got 10 people in the group and there's 18 gifts, well, obviously something's missing. Well, does that then, you know, how does does that small church, how how does that small church in America function? What is the role? What I think it's very much a yeah. part of the discussion. Maybe, maybe we take down the number, you know, how many. So there are, in, in your analogy, in like we were saying earlier, that a, a mega church is pretty much a bunch of littler churches and people in that group and littler groups with that calling. So then a smaller church would just be somebody who's not a part of a bigger church, right? So we have these this number of giftings or number of things that are required to help a healthy group of Christians function, right? Whether in a small group. Edify the body, right? Whether in a small group, in a bigger church, or in a a smaller church, right? So then what is that role of that smaller church? Why don't we just fold into bigger conglomerations? Why do we stay smaller? I mean, for our area, well, not really our area, because there's a bunch of churches, but for some areas, it's like there's just not that many people. Mm -hmm. Just, Just a bunch. Yeah. How many churches are there in New Oregon County? 20, 20. 20, I think the last number I saw was 28 in the 49412 zip code. Yeah. No, it's just in one city in New Oregon County. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. That includes the Mormons, though, I think, so and the JWs. I'm trying to be careful not just take shots at bigger churches, because I, I don't like them. Like Harvest much. and Inspire and... Those aren't... Are there any? Uh, Resonate and... Yeah. Harvest would be kind of, because they're a multi-branch. Inspire would be... I mean, that's more of a denominational. It's not really a big Yeah, church. they're not big at all. They don't no. have any influence around our world. No. <laughs> yeah. If we're going with the definition of 200 people are <laughs> a smaller... Wait, don't you go <laughs> <laughs> Right, in Maybe. the Wesleyans. But the don't one we... you go to an inspiring church? <laughs> oh. No. Why is it just one word now? Yeah, how come you haven't changed? What is with church names? How come you haven't changed? I've noticed like all the other Wesleyan churches in the county have changed their name from such and such center or such and such city, Grant Wesleyan to... Grant's holding strong. Grant and Dayton Center. Hold strong, baby. We're not the cool kids. No. (laughs) No. I mean, church trends are going to change and change and change and change. And you can jump on that church trend if you want. But you know what? 
I find it annoying. I'm not going to rebrand the gospel. Thank you. I shots liked it fired, better. Shots fired. <laughs> That's my pet peeve in the church today. That word brand. You just hit that pet peeve right there. Have you ever heard the song? I think it's by MXPX. Jesus, the smash hit. Smash hit. That's the name of the song. Yeah, by a band. I think it's called MXPX. Don't look and at me. I don't know. It's what called you're talking this. About. G- no, All Star United. That was the name of the band. It was an old. That was old. That was like back in middle Christian school. Ska yeah. band. Yeah. Ska but band. They, they mocked the idea back then. It said this Jesus thing. It's a smash hit. Oh yeah. It's packaged right. All stocks have split. It's a smash hit. It's gone worldwide. So they're they're mocking oh, yeah. the branding and marketing right of Christianity. So yeah. turns out it's nothing new. You might appreciate that song. I would. I would. <laughs> So, I'm trying to like remember what my thought was. Not taking shots at bigger churches. Uh-huh. And you shouldn't. I shouldn't, because they are vital. But what role do they play that is important? And then what role do smaller churches fill? Can I give an analogy that will probably crumble? This sure. It just came to me while you were asking it the first time. You guys can shoot holes in it if you want. Um, if you think like spiritual warfare, like thinking kingdom mindset, like Terry was talking about earlier, if Jesus focuses the kingdom and building and developing it, if each church is, and I'm just going to boil it down to like a gun, a, a specific caliber of gun that God wants to build up to attack the enemy's kingdom and tear it down and build up Jesus' kingdom. So maybe the the smaller churches are the, you know, the rodent guns. They're the 22s, the 38s, the the... 223s that are going to really get into tight spaces and take out some really nuisance things, but on a smaller scale. And maybe the big churches are the ones that are going to be the shotguns and the cannons kind of spreading a scatter shot across the community, making this really big, really broad impact, um, but maybe not quite as precise as a local small church. That, that's just what came to my mind. Like, what, what's the purpose? That, that's where I go with it. I see where you're going. Yes, no, and maybe. Yes. Yes, no, and maybe. <laughs> that was that deflection class, wasn't it? <laughs> no. Because... Thank you, Reverend Terry. <laughs> oh! <laughs> well played, <laughs> Tower Walker. <laughs> oh! Tower Walker Joe. <laughs> because I've seen people in larger churches that completely transformed. But it doesn't matter whether it's a large church or it's a small church. It's going to take that person coming alongside them and walking through them with it. Uh, through that change. Relationship. And if that, but if that can be facilitated in a larger church, awesome. If it can be facilitated in a smaller church, awesome. Right. So um, I think each has their place. Then, then does, that, does that just make smaller churches churches for introverts? Or like how does that... <laughs> that is why I go to one. You Dude, hit that. It's true. It's I think true. that's a dirty, rotten lie. I walk I into a small church of 30, 40, 50, 60 people. Everybody sees me. I'm the new freaking guy. I can't be a fly on a wall. I walk into a church with 400 people in the sanctuary. I'm like, I can grab a donut. I can have a coffee. I can say hi to three complete strangers, grab a gift bag on the way out, and nobody knew I was there. Like, I, I, I think the big churches are the churches that are easier for introverts. I, well, that kind of introvert, well, yes. comfortable introverts, people comfortable <laughs> with that. I mean, obviously, you're going to notice in a smaller church. And, and <laughs> Especially I, I, the I, ones I, that are like, do we have any visitors <laughs> this morning? Would you stand up? We- yeah. 
<laughs> you don't are do that. you. Yeah. Any any visitors at all in the second row? <laughs> I was an associate pastor in the church that did that. Yeah. Oh, we have visitors. Make sure to ask this week. <laughs> and there's always that awkward conversation, like. I don't want to go talk to new people because I'm like, they are going to get ambushed from about 100 different people. Thing. I'm like, hey, man, I see you're here. I appreciate you. And I've had couples say that they appreciate that. that yeah. I didn't run up to them and, you know, put them on the board on their first week there, yeah. you know. <laughs> but That and I'm kind of awkward. Would you please sign the registry so that we can have your name, address, and, and phone number? And we can mail you stuff for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no we'll only put you on the prayer request list yeah. that goes out every three hours. No. <laughs> please. <laughs> High five. Let <laughs> me uh, 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 get back on track. Yeah. <laughs> that not. Yeah, I do am we, really ter- Terry's do getting we, tired. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is not. <laughs> I could go a long Terry's time like, on this. Terry's like, this is why. Oh, you, you feel energized now. You, uh, this is why fight. you're here. We fight now. Tell us all <laughs> your inner thoughts. All my inner thoughts. Yes. See, Not all that of was, them, no. please. That no. was sarcasm. You can save no. that for off air. No, I, I, I was feeling all... pretty good about myself. I don't but... share those inner thoughts. <laughs> That's because you're wise. <laughs> it's because he's nice and he doesn't want to hurt people's feelings. <laughs> but meta. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm trying to not be, I'm, trying, I'm still trying not to. So what do big churches do well in growing the kingdom and what do small churches do well? You mentioned the different calibers, and I wanted to ask, who's the nuisance person that we have to shoot at? The devil. Oh, I was going to go with sinners, but you know. Get meta. Yeah. Meta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Google, obviously. You don't use that it's... word anymore, right? There's what? There's no sinners. We can't use that word because that's incorrect, and that means they're lesser people, right? Yes. So. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, because yeah. we're not sinners. Yeah, exactly. Totally better than that. So judgmental. <laughs> People call. Well, I mean, that is Terry's so job. Judgmental. So there is. So there's the attitude of one of us, right? You're just one of us, and that's what the larger church really is doing. We are here, and you can be one of us, and you belong with us for a while, and then you assimilate into what we're doing. Hmm. One thing I do appreciate about one of the bigger churches around, I, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about it. I appreciate it and I don't appreciate it um, because it makes me do something that I think is good but I don't want to do. If we choose to attend, you are not allowed to be part of a small group unless you're volunteering in the church. Right. And so you can't just come in. Like you can come in and just be a fly on the wall as long as you want. But as soon as you take that one step, you're like, I want to volunteer and help. It's like, okay, if you want to do that, then you have to be part of a small group as well. Or I want a deeper connection. Okay, well, you have to volunteer as well. So they, they do force those aspects of spiritual development hand in hand. Um, so they don't let you just get away with doing whatever you want to do. Right. And I don't know where I was going with that. And the outcomes of that can be pretty negative too. Yeah. Um, I can see the one way. Joe, how would you so do if someone can, said, I can, you have to do this? Totally roll with it. I yeah, never, yeah. never had an issue. With I could it. never see you rebel against someone never, telling Joe never. what to do. So I mean, we're saying that like bigger like churches, that's there's Joe's a, favorite place to be. Yeah, in rebellion. How did I go to that? I, I had a, an end thought in mind, and that was a supporting story Just, for it. And I think I think I would be okay with one side of that, but not the other. So you're you're saying that like in larger churches, there's a benefit of you can kind of ease your way in and kind of see what's going on. Whereas in smaller churches, you can walk in and it's like fresh meat. It, and you know what? 
people with the best of intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where do you hide? Where would you hide in a small sanctuary? Good, good afternoon. Jerry nice actually meet. wants to know the answer yeah, to that exactly. question. Exactly. It's like, how do I do that? What? What? That's possible? Yeah. Nice to meet you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We see that you have a pulse. <laughs> have you considered serving? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Will you please breathe on this mirror and make sure it fogs, and, and then we, we can fit you in the right spot. <laughs> what was your question? How did we get there? Yeah. What are the roles? What are the roles? Where the, what are the roles of the bigger church? What are the roles of the smaller church? Because like the, 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 the point that I'm trying to get at is I, I don't – bigger churches, I feel like one of their downfalls is they get the best at everything to do that thing, and they're robbing that experience from people who may not be as gifted – but so like, have a like niche. worship team, mm-hmm. like you got worship a church team. of a thousand people, then like there's ten people that make the cut. Yes, and versus you are, in a small church, it's like we have forty people, and and the worship hey, hey, is we're singing yeah. acapella. Your nails yeah. on the chalkboard sound nice mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. yeah, and that is that is an accurate description. Sometimes it's like this is not good. This is, I mean, like musically not good, but it's are okay. we? Yeah, it's okay, and are it's we fine? Is that one of the downsides? Is that one of the upsides? That in a smaller church you can, you have more room for people to use their giftings. Whereas in bigger churches, it's like these are your volunteer opportunities. But if you wanted to get into these groups, sorry, those groups are full. I have to wonder if part of the goal of either church is, I mean, I don't know, goal. I don't like the word goal, but I'm just going to use it. But mm-hmm. just know that there's a bad taste in my mouth when I say it in relation to church, but um, I I think the goal of each is to find out where their size causes them to have short-term, that example, bigger church, the gifting situation. And I I think the bigger church then needs to focus their efforts on making sure they fill in those gaps and, oh, worship team and you have some musical gifts. Well, okay, we have a, a worship night where we're, you know, you can come in and play and join us. Or we have, you know, this opportunity to use that gift. Let's create these opportunities. Hey, we're just too much in this space. Let's split the church and, you know, let's do a church plant or whatever. The The church n- needs to find those areas that being a big church causes them to be not so good at and figure out how to get good of, at them. And the smaller churches... Or how to rec- refer people out. Or refer people out. <laughs> and the smaller... Does that happen? <laughs> should. The, the smaller churches need to f- figure out what their small size inhibits and, and see if that's, you know, see how to kind of fill in those gaps with the gifting that's in the body. You see, I, I see it exactly the opposite. I see that they should each see their strengths pursue those and for anything other than their strength like if you do recognize the weakness it's not your job to fill in that weakness it's your job to say that's not our strength but there are 26 other churches in this zip code and i can refer you to three four five of them that i know have a strength in that area i I don't think each church has to have every single one of those giftings i would agree with that but I also am not okay with a church saying, well, we're just not good at that, so you can go somewhere else and find it. I, I'm not okay. I, I you see, I am. But that's a mindset. That's, a, <laughs> that's almost a mindset, because I see what you're saying. You don't want people to be flippantly disregarding of anything 
just because they they don't think that's they're skilled. Well, we're we're a small yeah. church. That's not us. We we don't yeah. we don't we do can't that. actually help the needy because that's not that's not that's, our thing. That's not our church. We we're just a bunch of poor <laughs> as, people in this Keith church, Green so we say, can't. Yeah. It's not my ministry. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I think I'm not I think I'm not I'm not okay with a church saying, well, we're just not good at that, so go over there. I I think it it needs to be a part of conversations to say, hey, you know, where are we at on this? And we, you know, we've. God has, because here's the thing, somebody comes to that church with a need, um, they come to that church with a need. Who's to say God didn't bring them to that church because there's someone at that church gifted to care for that person in the way that they need? Should we at least say, hey, there's a need here. Anybody, can we pray about this and see, you know, if this is something that our church needs to pursue? This is a third time this year that a person has come here looking for this. We keep sending them somewhere. Well, they keep coming here. Right. What's, what's. So, yeah, be prayerful about it. I, okay, I agree. Right. Be I'm prayerful and thoughtful. Fix not every flipping, problem, but. But also be willing to quickly, once you <laughs> come to that conclusion, like. We will help you in ways A, B, and C, but as far as X, Y, and Z, go there. Why do I feel like we're coming up with a constitution or bylaws here? Because that's how we always do things. I mean, you know, what, what percentage, what, you know, and I, I guess I, I, I don't function in this... It's more nuanced. Constraints. <laughs> Speaking I, of I really constitutions don't. and bylaws, is it still against the rules to dance and drink in a Wesleyan church? Oh. Drink, yes. Drink, yes. Well, yes. Dance. Yeah. yeah. Dance was always It's a little there. more nuanced than I don't, that. I remember it being in the discipline. It's not there anymore. Because um, I remember when I was attending IWU, they were both still in there. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when Michelle and I got married, they were both in there. That's why she wouldn't become a member, because she's like, I'm going to dance. I don't care. <laughs> so I'm not going to become a member. Yeah. I was just curious if those are still there. And, and, you know, they carried on like that for a long time. But, you know, the, there's always intents behind those laws. You know, it's, it's, it's where did you have to go to dance? Where did you have to go? Oh, yeah, it, it amused me because it was against the rules to dance, but the church had an interpretive dance team. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, so as long as you move this way, it's okay. Yeah. But if you move... <laughs> but, you no, know, no pelvic thrusts. <laughs> it's just like any laws that man creates, there's going to be those on the books that you go, oh, you know, it's illegal to have an alligator in city limits in this town, you know. There was a Is law, that still on the books? There was a law I heard about. It was like in New Mexico that you can't house your donkeys in bathtubs. Like, it was a legit on the books. Yeah. And it was something like that. There was one old guy that, like, put a bathtub somewhere and kept his donkey in it. It was in the way, so they made a law. You cannot house <laughs> your donkeys in bathtubs. I remember growing up and couldn't go to the movie theater. Yeah. Uh-huh. Satan's done, right? Well, we're growing up, I remember my pastor bragging from the pulpit, like, I haven't been to a theater in 30-something years. Wasn't it ever? I mean... Yeah, <laughs> it, it's so it's just. So it if you don't like operating in the spaces of rules and constitutions, where would you go with Jared's question? Like Which the one? role of the roles, because it sounds like you don't like the, the term role fitting into roles. Well, as far as see, if you just, you just jump tracks there. I know. I jump from the role of big church, small church into uh, constraints and rules of churches. 
I was trying to throw you off to get you in a place that yeah. you're more comfortable. No, no. <laughs> so I, I don't like trying to define what the role of a big church is because it's no different than a role of our small church. We just do it from different angles. Um, roles are the same. And I, you know, I remember when Inspire wasn't a big church. I attended there when it wasn't a big church, 50 to 60 people growing up. That's, that's where I attended growing up, too. And, you know... Like maybe 100 at that time. And, and you, I see it now. I don't have bad feelings toward that church because it's a big church, and, and I, I've known people whose lives are changed because of it. But, you know, just like any other church, you have those stories. Dayton Center has those stories. And I, I think if we focus on the, the negatives that come out of it that we... Miss what's actually good going on within each church, and I, there's no doubt there's good going on in every church. Is that ever frustrating for you, though? What's that? Like just being a part of a smaller church, like I and have, seeing some things. I have never been a part of a big church, so I don't even know what I would. Yeah. You know, I have been called into a small church, and I know that. Yeah. I know that. And how do you know that, Bunny Trail? How do I know I've been called into a small church? Yeah. As far as, here's the proof. When I first went to Dayton Center, oh, you know, young and dumb, I'm going to change the world. They were going to be the biggest, baddest church on the block, right? <laughs> he just called me young and dumb. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Everybody is. you got to accept that sooner or later. If you can't start somewhere... <laughs> right, <laughs> and so you know, I get there and I, I begin to minister, and you know what? There were some hard feelings, like oh, big churches, big churches, big churches. That's me, <laughs> <laughs> and bah humbug, right? That's Jared. And you know, I I would minister, and new people would come in, and they attend for a while, and then you know what? They'd leave, and they'd go somewhere else. They'd go to a bigger church, and it used to just frustrate me to no end. That, you know, why are they here and why are they leaving for those biggest, bigger churches? And so, in myself, I'm trying to, you know, you're okay, what do we got to do better? What do we got to fix? What are we doing wrong? And it took me a long time to come to the conclusion that God is bringing these people in the smaller environments so that they can have one on one time to deal with issues they need to deal with. And they were never given to the to, to the church forever. And I think that's thing, something that we need to get in our mindset, that just because they attend our church doesn't mean they're ours, they're our possession. That if they are here at Dayton Center to heal for a while... So you've kind of been a, a triage center to an extent, helping to be people able to breathe, diagnose and heal. Or they have come in because, you know what, last place I was, I hear this a lot, last place I was in, I did everything. I did this, did that, did this, blah, 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 big list. You know, and I just feel like... And you don't hand them a list of things that you need done, too? <laughs> no, I don't. And people leave. And it's just, it's been that cycle. I'm sorry for, for letting 19 you down. I'm sorry for letting you down, Terry. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, both of us, Joe. And just for everyone's reference here. <laughs> Joe and Aaron have both come to Dayton Center and left Dayton both Center. Come there, been triaged there, and then moved on. <laughs> and then moved on. And well, because that's the case. There was, I'm thinking about that, because I had thought about it, but not a whole lot, but 
you were both leaving kind of toxic situations that you were in. That's exactly what our story was. We yeah. were leaving something that was really difficult for us to deal with emotionally and a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And we were like, this place, Dayton Center, it's a safe place. I know Terry. I know Jared. We can worship here with other sure. good believers. And then when God called us on to something else, we moved on. Handshake yeah. and a smile. Yeah. God bless you. Yep. Yeah, Terry's only slashed my tires three times. So what's my problem then? I've been there for yeah, Jared. What do you come on? I've been there for. That's that's the question Nate <laughs> Center needs to ask. Okay, what is the problem with Jared? Why is Jared still here? <laughs> we're a triage center. This guy must be really messed up. <laughs> the key is I need Jared. <laughs> I see. That's the key. Okay, Jared's there because Terry hasn't left yet. <laughs> well. <laughs> Oh, Jared man. is good for my soul. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, so what needs so that really Jared needs to take over for you so you can leave. That's I don't is think, that what you're saying? I don't think there is a single person on the face of this earth face of this earth that wants that. I don't think there's anyone. Jared, that wants I would that. I would Jared's head. I would Jared, I would gladly go give to it a church that you were the pastor. And I years. would die. I would just I would die. You'd see me like have a heart attack. How's the verse go? Be careful, Those Jared. Those who would follow me would take up their cross. Right. <laughs> and I do a lot of things. Careful with those Bible verses. So, <laughs> talking in front of people Jared, so on you, a weekly basis, I would die. Tell you, tell you a little I am bit. so proud of you. <laughs> I am so proud of you. Jared, there's a story of a guy, Jonah. That he uh, spent a Jonah long time in a fish. was already a priest when this happened. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's like, there was another. Okay. There was a story of another guy who was told by his pastor that he'd never be happy doing anything other than pastoring. See, you, I was going to bring that up. I have been told that by that person. I was in marriage counseling, and the guy giving us marriage counseling told me that. He said, you will not be happy until you're in full-time ministry. I'm like... Okay, so then, then I, I won't be happy. No, I <laughs> did. Why Jared's so freaking grumpy? I went into college to be a youth pastor, and I went, no. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge to me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. You watch me. I'll be happy. Yeah, I'll be. Never mind. I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> so Jared, I'll you, join the are army. You, are you happy? Uh, yeah. You mean like more happy than if I was a pastor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's safe to say, watching every pastor I've ever seen, I'm like, not me. That's I don't know what you're talking thing. about. It's been bliss. I, oh, I was there yeah, too, Joe. By the way, yeah. where's that? The the no, not me. No, no. I'm no. telling I don't you, think you understand. Watch out when people start saying no. no. When you start saying no, I'm not gonna do. Just just watch. I do God small group like, stuff well. I do. Hey God, just I do those things well. I, God, just making sure you heard what Jared no said. No pressure no. from me in no, that direction. I don't feel it, which is why None. I'm still there. Because as soon as I feel that pressure, None. I will leave. Like, I will be <laughs> yet. Gone. Which is the pro No, I've, yet. <laughs> I've felt that pressure in other places, and I I left. I'm like, I, that's not me. Like it's oh. it's not. But um, I'm totally lost now. Now I'm all self conscious. <laughs> <laughs> you sweat. You sweat, dude. I got You're gonna see me sitting over here with my arms up. Like, where's the air? <laughs> the air. Oh man. So, do we have any other? We've we've kind of run that topic to its end. I, think. I got a question for you guys. Yep. Uh oh. And this is just my own thinking. He just pointed at the both of you. He did not point to me. This question. Is I think it was more Jared you. And I Aaron. think it was more you and me, Joe. <laughs> it is you two, because I, I I need to know. Post COVID church. What do you see taking place as the churches you attend? Has anything changed 
since then. I think the real Christians are still in church. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I'm, that's not I've what I I've got a believe. battery for this song. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not what I believe. I think you have more effective tools somewhere else. <laughs> the var- you want the varmint gun or the shotgun? Uh, bigger and bigger. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, uh, I think that a lot was revealed um, in churches during COVID. What was the you most important so thing revealed? Somber and quiet. So yeah, no, it is. It is that that question, and especially come to churches, it all goes. Who's going to say what? It's difficult for me to say because, right as like the beginning of COVID, kind of the middle of the first year of it, we were at your church. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a church I wasn't familiar with, so I didn't know what the norm was. Right. And then it was, as things were starting to loosen up a little bit, like maybe a year, year and a half into the COVID mm-hmm. thing, that I started attending a different church as youth pastor. And over the last nine, ten months that I've been there, I've seen some changes, but I didn't have the baseline pre-COVID to, okay. to really give you a good answer to that question. Okay. You're free. <clears throat> <laughs> You're I not. Think, <laughs> I think um, that uh, some people's hearts were revealed. Um, some some extreme heart issues. I think people that um, it was kind of a judgmental or a separating or a divide a dividing. Uh, lack of humility in some areas I'm I'm guilty of it too myself Um, that uh, um, I I think about the um, people saying stupid stuff like uh, well we're not going to live in fear you you, you shouldn't live in fear when I know a guy that's got a kid with an autoimmune disease um, that had somebody in the church knowingly expose themselves to him knowing that they had COVID and with total disregard. Well, that revealed a heart of somebody who was just, it revealed their heart. So is, is that an act of love or is that trying to be, you know, so, um, did it, did it reveal anything about church? I have to push back on that. Did it, did it what? Did it reveal their heart in the way that you're suggesting? Because to him or to everyone else? I think everybody. Yeah. I don't know. I think we hold on to our life yeah. far more than we should. I think to me that's been the most revealing thing, that people hold on to their physical life far more than they ought to if they really do prioritize their spiritual life. And that's not to say that we should be flippant with our physical life. No. But there are a lot of people who have, I feel tipped their hands to be worshiping the idol of health and longevity at the cost of opportunities for worship. Mm. Now, there are a lot of people who have stayed home but have still continued to be involved in the body, involved spiritually in a lot of different ways. But there are a lot of people who have taken it as an opportunity to conveniently slip out the back door without anybody noticing it as an excuse to get out. So I, I that's anecdotal with occasional things that I've seen here and there. Like I said, it's not from one specific church that I've witnessed over the last two and a half years, but 
I've witnessed it in a handful of lives that I personally know that people will kind of use that as an opportunity to slip out. I think, I think mine is more along the lines of revealing our, um, you know, our, our levels of importance on, on matters of faith. Um, I am, you know, am I, am I more concerned about, um, somebody's stance on a vaccination or am I concerned about their spiritual growth? You know, and, and so now we, we have, I have allowed someone's belief for or against a vaccination to get in the way of encouragement, growth, support, discipleship, <clears throat> development, ministry, and kingdom business. That's something you've seen in the church? I've seen in the church that everything surrounding COVID has revealed people's priorities. That's what it is. Revealed what people are willing to sacrifice for a, for a hill to die on. What hills are people willing to die on? Hmm. Am I making any sense? I'm, I'm kind of with Aaron because what I was going to say was it's like we had this amount, we had this understanding of how church was supposed to go. And there were expectations and there were change in the larger church happens very slowly. Like over time, momentum for a certain change kind of builds in. We talked about dancing, you know. After a while, people are like, why is this even on the books anymore? Right. But what COVID did was it took several different cracks in the institutional church, and it just squeezed the shit out of them real quick. And all of a sudden, these things that were like, they're kind of a problem, all of a sudden, they were big problems because people were, do I vaccine or not? Do I go to church or do I not? Do I, you know, like, what does church actually mean? Like, do I actually like these people? Is this actually the way we should be doing this thing? Like, is this, and it took, like, all these things and just blew them up that fast. And now everybody is just, like, like the world exploded. Like, you were squeezing a ball too tight you and were the balloon forced popped. To, everybody was forced to a side of an argument. Well, kind of. But I think part of it is that revealing of the heart. Like, there were all of these differences that were not exposed, and they got all exposed that fast. So instead of just them shifting little by little, it just... It was a balloon that popped, and now we're like trying to figure out how to reinflate the damn thing, and it's just. I think it's interesting how you guys personalized all of it, because the question was on the church, not the personal. That was the church, wasn't it? We I created feel, division in the church. <laughs> I feel like we've we fought a battle, and we didn't even realize we fought it. Really? In what way? That the government comes across and tells us we can't meet, right? Yeah. What do we do? Figure out a way. Or roll what over. Some we, people what do we fight or back? Or roll over. Yeah. We went to court. Churches went to court on that. What mm -hmm. do they fight back? It's not constitutional, right? Mm -hmm. It's not constitutional. It's not consistent. Those are the two main arguments. In this time of a pandemic, the church is fighting over rights. Meanwhile, in the back, we didn't realize that, well, the battle we really lost 
was being considered necessary. In what way? Necessary to what? Church meetings are necessary, right? You could not, in some, in some states, you could not hold a meeting in your sanctuary. Uh-huh. You couldn't even hold a meeting as a drive-through, but you could drive through a local liquor store. Because that's necessary. Because it's necessary. Okay. So meanwhile, our focus is on it's not Esse- right. I think essential was the word. Yes, <laughs> essential is the word. Not right. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not fair. In one of the critical times in all the world, the church is focused on that and didn't realize we gave a perception of being necessary. And the church has to be viewed as necessary. So do you think the church, instead of going to court over it, should have just continued to meet as usual? I think we should have fought for our rights to be in the hospitals to console the people who are there, to, mm. to, to walk alongside with them. I was ready to go to jail this week. Well, how is that different the other week? Oh, it took me a second. It took me a second. Very nice. My dad had brain surgery, and you know, it always comes with the risk of death or disability. Definitely. And I knew when he was going in there that there's a rule of only one visitor per day. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm just preparing myself as much as I can mentally. Like, what are we going to do? If we get a notice that things went wrong, that he's on his way out the door, how are we going to get kids to say goodbye? And in my mind, I'm preparing, like, my mom knows where the room is. She's going to give me instructions. I'm going to get my kids there to say goodbye to grandpa, even if it means I go to jail for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. It, and so preparing myself mentally for the possibility of being with my sure. dad in the event that hap- that happens, I have a similar outlook to, like, church. Like, if church was ever told you can't meet that was one of my biggest bones of contention with the rona and why i appreciated i don't know if you want this out in public but like you guys got meeting <laughs> now, that was one of the reasons i came to your church because it was a meeting <laughs> in person and you you gave everybody the autonomy like hey you know if you want to wear a mask mask up if you don't want to wear a mask you know do what you feel is right and comfortable and we're going to continue to worship god no matter what and we were doing the online at the same time and so doing the online so for people who didn't want to be ministering so you were ministering to the body in every way you knew possible that was what was important fighting for rights and perhaps that's one of the benefits of the smaller church is you can get away with more because you don't draw as much attention okay this took a turn back to me see i, I was gonna <laughs> <laughs> I didn't intend it to come back here you guys are making it personal again no and this time a see real what you did was you dropped the deflection shield a little bit and, and then we and yeah, we shame right never in. come back we came right in man i didn't realize it was a boomerang <laughs> you gotta watch out for me and joe we will <laughs> but i, I really we're not safe people. I really think that the church has given up that stance of being necessary. It's happened over years and years and years, and we never knew it. We never knew it. So you're saying that instead of focusing inward on what we should be doing, we should have been facing out and saying, "Is that is am I understanding yeah, that properly?" Well, I mean, why is it that people didn't feel like a church was necessary for people to come and to? You know, at the very least, commiserate through this time. Yeah. So, you know? so you're saying, are you saying that you believe that our beef wasn't with the government? Our beef was with the people who just thought they shouldn't. They shouldn't come. 
No, is our, it? our beef was that we weren't doing kingdom building through this time. And we allowed oh, we ourselves... we were too busy fighting We were too busy to focusing. We were fighting a battle on a front line that wasn't even there in the church. And it should have been over here standing saying, we are a church that means something to this world. And even though you guys don't recognize it, we're going to show you we are. We're we going to still get it. to work. We're going to show you Got we mean it. something. We are necessary. We are essential. And we live in a world where they don't believe that. Well, well I, that's I, not like a... Um, go ahead. That, that's a long-term problem, though, isn't it? We all have a lot of thoughts. It's a very long-term problem. You see, so... Is that battle... <laughs> just a minute! Let me... No, I want, I want to make sure I understand you, it. This is a, first, this is a clarification. I want to understand. Okay. You are saying we were fighting for... And let's simplify. We're fighting for our rights when we should have been fighting to serve. Fighting to serve. That's a good way okay. to put it. We, should, we were fighting for our rights in the government yes. when we should have been fighting... To serve the people. Yeah, not so much serving within our, our worship services, but being able to, you know, even the hospitals. I got a letter in the mail. Nope, you can no longer come in. You know, people from the hospital, I see you, you can't come visit during. Even as clergy. Even as clergy. Huh. You're not essential. Then I get a letter saying, hey, we want you back. You're a part of the team. That same week, I go into the hospital to, to go visit with someone, and I get turned away because still not considered essential. Hmm. Even though they're saying, okay, you, you're a part of us now, you still can't come and minister inside hmm. this building. And it's a viewpoint that the world is going to pull us out of the box whenever they need us and use us then. And I, I, think, it, I think it feeds into a little bit the fact that we are willing to outsource our job to the government. It, it, we don't think about it on an individual basis, Outsource as, as far as what? I don't, I'm not following that. Taking care of the least of these. Yes, I mean, thank the, you. Different kingdom building activities, whether it's ministering to the poor, the sick, the naked, the hungry. Well, let's it, just get them a stimulus check instead of going and visiting them in the hospital. Not, Is that kind of what you're saying? That's, that's the modern context of it, but I mean, the church has been willing to outsource its responsibilities clearly laid out by Christ mm -hmm. to a government more and more with the justification saying, well, I'm willing to pay these taxes because these taxes are going to support a biblical idea of taking care of somebody on welfare per se or Medicare or Social Security. And that means that on Sunday morning, I can just go have an experience and not have to actually do these things myself. Whereas if the church but had not abandoned I that responsibility a hundred or more years ago, we wouldn't be in the same boat we are because community and society and culture would look at us as these are the people who are taking care of the orphans. These are the people who are taking care of the sick. These are the people who are doing all of these things. I mean, you look at hospitals, orphanages, all these different things. They were founded by Christian organizations. And slowly, over time, they've been outsourced to government funding. And government funding means government control. And that's why they're able to take us out of the box when they need us. But isn't a part of that is... That there is a large chunk of our church in America that thinks that the church should be more intertwined with the government, like in their thoughts and actions. Like we we melded that. I'm agreeing with you yes. at, at some point. Yes, but on both like sides of the fence, I've never heard that <laughs> that we should be more in line with the government. 
if, well, if, if you look it's, at the way it's, it's a sideways, oh, it's a sideways, okay. right? Because gotcha. we we want the government to be more involved in these things that we think are important. We want right. the government which to means, dictate morality. We want the government to dictate uh, yes. social spending. So to that point, and I I see where you're going, and I agree that we lost this a long time ago when we started wanting the government to be do the church stuff. And yes, we are. It should be no surprise to us about Sunday morning worship versus serving because we have created an we have created an importance around Sunday morning those 2 hours on Sunday morning and ignored the other 166 hours a week and Felt and like that you. says that's what's important so we will fight for Sunday morning because it's the most important thing. Well, we created it to be the, like we have made it the most important thing, and it's not. Everybody go in and get their fix on Sunday morning. Everybody go, okay, I got my worship, my Bible reading, my prayer. My <laughs> Jenny Greer says they had a uh, a uh, a card in the in the pew, and it had five things to do. To you know, you know, did you do this this week? Did you do just kind of check off list and see how you know were you growing spiritually? And he said his goal was to try and get him done from the time he sat down, all of them done from the time he sat down to the time he got up um, as a kid. <laughs> so I was like, did you share Christ? So he said he shared with he shared Christ with his sister hundreds of times because she was <laughs> he wanted to check up. But but we have created Sunday morning to to fill all our spiritual walking with Jesus needs, and and um. So it's no wonder that we didn't care that we couldn't get into hospitals because that's, that's not what the Christian life is about. The Christian life is about the two hours on Sunday morning. So we're going to fight for it. But that's – to your point, and I'm thinking about this as I sit here, the Sunday morning would be the symptom to the disease. Like the things that we we're talking about making it personal, we're talking about the symptom of that – that's where we put – our hope almost is in that Sunday morning, and mm -hmm. that's the thing we right. fought for. But that's that's I mean that's the secondary, which I guess I've always would have. Over the last seventy years, the pastor role has changed completely. Right. Completely. When I'm done peeing, I want to hear how. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to sit here in silence. No, we'll just talk about him behind his back. The uh, the. Um... Let me tell you something. Yeah, the whole, part, the, it, the whole consume. <laughs> See, now I've got to hold this thought for a while. I've got to remember what I was going to say. No, go ahead and say the it. The role of the pastor, write down the role of the pastor yeah. has changed. The role of the pastor. Um, the, uh, it, it's part of the, the consumerism. It's part of the, you know, I'm. The I'm, branding. The branding. The, sun, the Sunday morning event has become the Christian walk. It's, you, you run into somebody who you know is a Christian. And you want to know where they go to church. How many people are there? You don't start asking what's God doing in your life. You know, but do you get an honest answer on Sunday morning? No, I'm, I'm saying outside of Sunday morning okay. when you ask that question. You know, hey, this is, this is my buddy Jared. Hey, Jared, how you doing? Pretty quick in the conversation. So where are you going to church? Not, hey, what's God doing in your life? Because it has become about that, that building and what happens there on Sunday morning. And I, I guess what I'm saying is, it. Why should we be surprised that we're spending more time fighting for Sunday morning than we are for Tuesday afternoon? This is true. 
the role of the pastor has changed a lot. Yeah. You see back. how I did that? He's back. That was, that was smooth. So smooth. No one yeah. knows. No one knows. That it was, was a 600 thread count transition right there. smooth until nice the word smooth. after you said it. Smooth as silk. <laughs> then it just went. <laughs> <laughs> Over the last 70 years, pastors have stopped being pastors. What have they started being? Administrators. If you look today, the average pastor spends 75 to 85% of their time administrating. How much time does that leave for actual personal mentorship? Uh, let's see. 100 <laughs> minus 85 is uh, 15. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> the argument is... 168 hours in a week. That's why the big church model is the right one, because then you have the teaching pastor, yeah. the administrative pastor, the discipleship pastor, the That's right. Pastor. See, I would That's go right. the other way. I, so I would say... Okay. Way to go. Yep. I would say that you're using up 85% of how many people's time at that point? You're using up all in in the bigger church. That's going to be your most skilled positions, right? As wow. all those different pastors, the teaching pastor. The, so if all of them are eating up 85% of their time doing administrative stuff and monitoring this big building and making sure all the smaller groups are running smoothly. Ah, I see what you then did there. I see what you did. It adds up. It adds up. It adds up. And then how much is left for actual ministry? Kingdom work. See, but we say kingdom Have you word. read letters to the church? What's that? Have you read letters to the church? Francis Chan. Oh, I read that a long time ago. Yep. Long, yeah. long time. It's, it's collecting dust on my shelf. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just, your question makes me think of that. Like oh, the, yeah. It's just, the amount of... And, and yeah. I bring it up because I look at myself on this. I'm not pointing fingers at pastors all around going, oh, you guys are missing it. I'm glad you care, clarified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I find myself doing the same thing. You know, I think about all the maintenance work I do at the church and yeah. all the everything that I do, and I think, oh, I sucked up this much time here. And what have you done to build a relationship with so and so this week? Well, I didn't, because I was tired. <laughs> well, then now it wasn't in to... the work schedule, and we have effectively turned our pastors into CEOs instead of shepherds. Thank you. So the, the question is, is that in itself a bad thing or did we grab a piece of the package and blow it up, not like explosion blow up, like inflate and inflate it um, and ignore the rest of the pieces? Um, because, okay, if you have – if if the kingdom is being built and there needs to be a CEO, well, is there anything wrong with having a, a CEO if the kingdom is being built and the building of that, the building of the kingdom takes a CEO? But what is the purpose of the CEO? Yeah. Right. But, but right. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, is what pastors have become in itself a bad thing or is what pastors have become um, prevented us from having what pastors should be. But isn't that... I, I see what you're saying. Do you go down, uh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more like we... The expectations... The I think we've applied a professional model to a church 
ministry. A and it's Amen. a bunch of shit. Well, we Amen. haven't. Amen. We've we've changed it. Yeah, I agree. We've changed it, but we haven't changed the expectations, which plays back into the necessary part. We've stopped doing what is necessary for the sake of this new professional model, and therefore have become irrelevant. So. I'm going to make a plug for Which a book. Which would also support the whole Sunday. That's what we're focusing mm-hmm. on. We shouldn't. I'm going to make a plug for a book called Leader Shift nope. by a guy nope. named Dog, nope. Don Cousins. Nope. He's not paying us for that. They haven't given us pork butt. <laughs> That's right. No pork butt. That sorry. Be I'm sorry. We will I'm, not platform you. I will. The <laughs> treatment like Jared I will. Jared's uh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. editing skills are I'm on sure point. I'm going to have a ton of emails after this comes out. Oh, yeah. A ton. From all of our from listeners. all your yeah. billions of all listeners. All our six yeah, listeners yeah, yeah, yeah. who okay. happen to be the six yeah. guests. We have as many as about 70 who listen. Joe Rogan ain't got nothing on me, son. <laughs> um, <laughs> of the model of the pastor's role is to build leaders in the church. And I don't disagree with that, but I think that it comes to a point where we... I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going there. I'm, I'm going to um, the, the CEO piece... Um, the it's like we want to hire somebody Who's to more do qualified than Jesus. Was. Somebody we want to hi- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like yes. It. that was good. We want to hire somebody. Yeah, that's why we keep him around <laughs> to to do Memes. ministry for us. We want to hire somebody to do ministry for us so then we can go about our lives and do our thing. And, well, pastor will take care of that. The pastor will take care of that. Um, and why I pointed out this book was uh, he leans pretty heavily on gifting, um, which we kind of began the conversation. Um, and so administrators, I mean, there's a couple of places in the Bible where they, you know, the, the gift of, uh, it could be easily translated administrators or administration. Um but in hiring ourselves administrator, or in hiring ourselves pastors and having them become be administrators, there is a lot more gifting that's needed in leadership in the church, and we just didn't hire that out, so it's not getting done because we try and have this administrator cover it all. I don't know. I lost where I was going with that. Sorry. No, I I got lost too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess the, I I don't know that I, I think our the role of pastor we have shifted that role and not filled the gap. So the role the, the role that a lot of pastors are filling now is not I, I think in a lot of cases it's needed. But I think because we call them a pastor we assume that the place that they used to take up is covered. But we expect them to do that 85%. Aaron, didn't, didn't you attend a church at one point in time that had a ministerial leadership model that nobody was allowed to be in leadership unless they were discipling somebody to take their place or yes. something to that effect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then you're still only developing one gift. Terry's no. placing his finger in no. the air. No, one. Is this a pause, a timeout? No. no, that's a one. I, I like the Jared model. That right. I like the model, but then we focus on one person. And I'm saying it has to go beyond that. The pastor has to stop 
looking at his 12 and look at the congregation. And I don't like the argument because it means I have to change my whole thinking of what I'm doing. Wait, that, you don't like what argument? That, <laughs> that we have to start being more pastoral in everything that we do, which means the home visit. Actually, actually talking to the people who attend your church and getting to know them. I don't like that. I know that. <laughs> Mr. Antisocial here is just curling it's up like inside. Like gifted them. administrators delegate. Exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what they do, but it's just not working. I, my, it's my, not working. My point is that 15% of stuff versus the 85% of the stuff. Can you give us an we, exact breakdown of what's in each of those percentages? You had said administration yeah. and then the work of ministry, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So there's obviously a lot of administrating that needs to get done. Mm -hmm. Okay. That 15% actually should be taken up by the whole body. <clears throat> and if there is a need for a person to do that on a full-time basis, then you have to have another person to I'm not talking take care about of the body. I had a really interesting conversation. So I'm saying, so you have to add another person to fill it. You are trying to use one person to fill 20 different gifts, and it doesn't work. Right. They are going to fail at one of them, or two of them, or seven of them, or 30, because they're not Jesus, right? right? So we say, well, I, I'm, so it doesn't mean that that 85% is not needed. Right. It's all needed, but... Every church is equipped with gifts in the body, as we discussed earlier. And so there's another person, possibly, that is supposed to fill some of that 15%. In the perfect percentage breakdown, there's always a person to fill that spot. The right. The question is, will they? Right. And that's where I go back to but that our conversation about... But that doesn't mean we as well. You're, you're stewing on something there, uh, Joe. No, I think it's an interesting idea because I just had a very interesting conversation with my own church about this the other week. Um, I let them know that I doing my best not to hurt feelings or anything like Sunday morning isn't cutting it for my family because Mike, and not in a way that like, like the preaching's great. I love the pastor, I love the people, but I had the conversation with them like my kids need to see kids that they go to school with. They need that interrelational involvement with other kids in their community, I feel like that's valuable when they because they go to the public school. I want them to see Christians on Sunday morning, spend time with them at youth group, at church, and then see them in public school on the weekend so they know those connections for strong biblical relationships. And part of that conversation looked like me saying, <clears throat> I understand most churches believe that it's a responsibility of a pastor, a youth pastor, to be there on Sunday morning. So I would appreciate you cutting my pay in whatever manner you see fit um, that reflects that. I still want to do everything I do with the youth group as youth pastor still, though. I don't want to lose any of those responsibilities. I just need to attend somebody somewhere else with my family on a Sunday morning. And in the conversation with them, it came out basically similarly to that. Um, they use their money as a resource to draw in something they felt called to, but their church could not fill. They have a strong youth ministry. Sure. They have a strong calling to the youth in that community. And I had specifically suggested maybe you could pay the person in this position or that position with the money that you take away from me. 
And they said very clearly and very kindly, like, we have never had a problem filling that position in our church. That is something that has always been filled. It has never been paid. And nobody's ever had a problem with that. The position that you fill right now is something that's difficult to keep. Sure. So we're going to keep paying you to keep doing that as long as you maintain those responsibilities because we feel called to do that. And so looking at it from a breakdown of like the gifts available versus the, the gifts that are needed, I feel like that's actually a very wise choice on that church's part to say like, listen, you're not any more important than this person who's doing this other ministry for free. But we need to fill all these holes. We're called to fill all these holes and this is just how we're using our resources to do it. And praise God they have the ability to do it. Yeah, so it's it's, just just kind of cool to see that in application where a church says we have this need and we're going to shuffle our straws how we need to to fill it and nobody's going to feel mad about it. Sure, sure. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know where to take this conversation next. Don't. Your note said that Terry gets to carry the conversation for the second hour. It does say that. And he has been so far, so don't try to take it away from him. (laughs) (laughs) If you like... Need to figure out a title for the first hour of this? So, but the second so title... I'm not leave. pointing fingers at any pastors out there. <laughs> no. I want to be clear. No. <laughs> this is an old, my, a personal conviction that I have that, you know what, we need to look at how we're spending our time. But if, it, if it's in my life, in a small church, and I feel overwhelmed by the amount of administration I have to do, what's the guy in a larger church going through? Or are they just satisfied in that position? And of leading the church, but I don't know how do, much ministry they do in the church. How many of the how many honest conversations actually happen though? Because the conversation I had with the leadership at my church had the potential to be very awkward. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to support them in the way they need to be supported. They're willing to support me in the way I need to be supported. How many times in the church do pastors just clam up? carry the burden because they feel like it's their responsibility all the while feeling like they're drowning when they could be asking the leadership in their church for more help or vice versa the leadership doing the same when they could be asking their pastor or their congregation which you have done in the past which i have yes with with the 85 percent you would you would classify that under administration Mm -hmm. okay Would there be, what would, it, what would it look like for the church to hire an administrator and the rest of it, like, like, Joe, like Joe said, they, they have people that are willing, volunteering to do this particular piece, but this piece over here, we don't have anybody to do, so we're going to hire. Well, is the other stuff going on in the body... And this administration piece is, there's so much of that that needs to be done. So let's hire, like the church Joe mentioned uh, that I went to before, they have an administrative pastor. That's his job, administration. He spends 100% of his time doing administration. And the other staff and the elders and the leaders in the church and the individuals in the church take care of, the. everybody's got their they're gifting and they, I mean, again, it's not a perfect church. Everybody's not using it. But the concept is this is the gift that we struggle to have used. And so we're going to hire this gift and this gift over here 
we don't have a struggle because I think it's to also some extent could the question be asked if you if you didn't have to do administration the rest of your job would you need to be paid to do do you let me let me not ask that personally let me say do you think that there are pastors who would answer that that would be okay if I didn't have to do this portion of my job, I'd probably do the rest for very little or nothing at all. Do you think that there are, there are, pa there are pastors out there that would say that? I don't. You don't? I don't. No. I, I believe there's a CEO mentality out there. I really do. Is it partially because of the business model mentality? We look at other churches and say this business model works for them, so we're going to model this, and we're going to say we need to hire this person who does all of these qualifications and does all of these things when what we should be doing is saying, this is our church, this is our giftedness, um, these are the people we have here, how can we spread these responsibilities and if God leads us to, to hire somebody to take on something more full-time, so be it. I mean, is, is that part of the problem, the business model, thinking that we have to have that CEO? I think it's the church becoming more like the world mm -hmm. in many different facets that it's going to sound horrible, but we're going to get our respect. We're professionals just like your professionals. And mm -hmm. we want to be treated as such. Mm -hmm. Reverend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. Reverend, vice president, and right? So disappointed that I didn't say that. <laughs> Director, and CEO. It's, it's, it is a sad state of affairs that we're in right now. That the modeling of what I feel a pastor should be, should be someone who is... Uh, going out into the world and actually helping people, you know, giving food, you know, giving encouragement, showing Christ's love. That's what a pastor should be doing. And I just feel like we're caught up in this business model that ties us up into, oh, we got to get this report in by the end of the week. Do you think that those things that you are mentioning other than the, the, the business model, mm -hmm. serving people, encouraging people, etc. Do you think that that could fall into one or two gift categories? Like spiritual gifts. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. So I don't get what you're saying. Because, I mean, again, administration is in a couple of different lists in the Bible oh, as a yeah, gift. Yeah, I got you. And so the, in, the, in the CEO model, okay, in the business world, you put out a, you, you create a job. Okay, this is the things that this job is, that is needed to, to have this job. This is our job. We specialize. And this is what, no, this is what needs to be done. All of these things. So now we're yes, going to find a person to cram into this job that fits this job perfectly. And so we've done that in the church. Well, we need somebody to preach. We need somebody to preach, you know, 45 sermons a year, and we need somebody to pick out Sunday school material, and we need somebody to um, type up the reports for the denomination, and we need somebody to do this and this. Okay, this is what we need. Let's go find him. Yeah, we specialize. Right. But 
Like how he said no a minute ago. Well, but right this time. No, we do, we in the church need to specialize. The business world doesn't specialize. The business world creates a position and tries to find somebody to fill all of these different things. In the church, we do that too. We say, okay, we need a pastor. We need a guy to do all of these different things. What need, it, my opinion, and, and you can shoot holes in it if you want, but what the church needs to do is say, we have Terry. And Terry is gifted and passionate and anointed for this. So we have the Terry position. We 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 don't put that, put that in the Kama yeah. Sutra. But <laughs> that's not where I was going at all. We, we and and hey Terry Terry sucks at administration, so that's not going to be a part of the Terry position. So See, the but, Terry position is encouraging and serving and the things that Terry's really good at. Terry's leaning in what, now. He's that, about to revise the church's what, bylaws. That's what God <laughs> He's about to revise the bylaws. But we're still... We're, that's what God has gifted us with. We're not, we're, we, we're not trying to make a person cram into a position, cut off a toe here and an elbow here, and stick an extra ear on over here. Please describe more. I'm not understanding you. See, but yeah. here, here's the thing. We're, 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 and I, I think we have competing ideas, because like, this still ties back into big church, little church stuff. Yeah. Because I would say that that's specializing and everybody should be more rounded. So what, you, what my argument would be was we need to stop expecting so much administration out of pastors and let them do what they're called to do. I would, I would, da, 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 go ahead. Let me finish. But instead, we specialize to grow. So instead of expecting more administration stuff that creates that aids in the larger church stuff, the denominations in the, that's where a lot of that administration stuff comes in, which yes, you will have that, you know, maintaining a building, you will have that for other things, but you're creating structure that requires maintenance when you don't need to create that construct, that structure and you could leave it smaller in order that it's freed up to do more important things, even though it's not as shiny, right? So we specialize, we create people that are administrative, we create people that are strictly worship pastors. We create people that are strictly these different things instead of having well-rounded individuals because that administrative guy is not well-rounded. He's an administrator, which may be his gifting, but, but do we specialize to grow and then damage the people that we're expanding that, that are a part of that structure? But Paul, Paul talks about the body and the hand and the foot and the eye Yes. And, and, and Paul says, are all apostles, are all teachers? The answer, rhetorically, I go back to, was no. So if, to, to become well-rounded kind of tries to say all our apostles and all our teachers and all our... But we all have to be those things a little bit We all have to be a little time. bit. But if we're going to create a position and cause somebody to do that as a full-time job and dude sucks at administration... Sounds to me, me like the problem is paid pastoral ministry. <laughs> have you ever felt... Terrible? Okay, you leaned have you in ever... a lot more than you ever did at any point I was talking. I want to know what you I have to say. I just feel like we're talking about this fantasy world here. Have you ever? Well, have you ever in that's all we your have to talk role about, as a paid pastor, as a professional pastor, 
Have you ever felt like you needed or at least were tempted to sacrifice some of your convictions because you needed to maintain the paycheck? No. No? No. I have in the past. I ref- yeah, that's that's a line. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, but go go ahead back to what you were saying. I feel like we're talking fantasy land here cuz we got to remember <laughs> the average church is 60 to 70 people. How many pastors do you think these churches have? See, one to but two. if you have six, we, we discussed. Thank you. One and a half. That's what it breaks down to because some of those smaller churches have a youth pastor. And so we get that one point depending. But why does it have to be a pastor? Why does it, why does it have to be one guy who's supposed to do all of these things? Uh, like I don't see. I now don't, we get back to where we were before because the pastor for the last 70 years hasn't been a pastor. He's been a stinking administrator. What was the shifting point in seven, 70 years ago? What happened 70 years ago? Great question. We, uh, nope, that's a different direction. I we started. Oh, sure, sorry, go ahead. I want to hear yes, Terry. Please. I'm not sure of an answer. Oh, okay, so, go ahead. We started to directly combat the culture. That was right through the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. That was the rise of fundamentalist evangelicalism directly combating the culture. Starting to do that, this is my rights. That could very well be. That's, that's, that's when we started. Jared's that's a history it, buff. I'm going to take your... I'll, I'll, go, gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll go, go with, with, I'll go with that, Jared on that. And it's not... That's oh, not 100%. You guys are going with him. i got to fight. Well, <laughs> that's not 100% bulletproof, but, but that, would, that would lend the credence to where that's where we started to compete in the, the, the arenas we should have never been competing in. We agreed an hour ago... That's, that's a long time ago. That, that long with my weak <laughs> argument that God will provide the gifting in the body that's needed... So why should we hire someone to administrate when we don't hire someone to preach? Or why should we hire someone to preach when we don't hire someone to do helps? Why should we hire someone to do helps when we don't hire someone to do evangelism? Why should we hire someone to do evangelism when we don't hire somebody to do compassion? So you're saying why we don't we... hire anybody and we just all... We either don't hire free. anybody I mean, or hire anybody. I mean, in fantasy land, perfect world, I agree. We use our money for kingdom purposes right. rather than right. administrative church running purposes. You're, you just said, your church said, we have people willing to do this, this, and this. Let's hire this because it's not there. If your church needs administration and you don't have somebody who's like, yes, I'll administrate, then hire somebody to do it. But if you've got somebody that's willing to encourage or have compassion or do helps or preach, then let them do it. But that doesn't work. I've never turned down a willing person. (laughs) I've never turned down a willing person. In fact, there have been times where I'm like, like I've thought... requires context. I've thought... (laughs) You know, someone should right. do this. And then I've seen you when other people say, someone should do this. You say, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I think... Please. Okay, but what, but what happens if we let yeah. the ball drop? Which ball? What happens if you let the administration... Ball, your administration, you're frustrated with the administration. What happens if you stop administrating and you just go serve people? Oh boy! Are you ready? To, are you ready to answer that question? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure. I have an answer. What happens if you stop doing what what the church has told you is your job 
in the kingdom of God. You might and not you, get a paycheck from that church you, anymore. And you start doing what the Lord has obviously anointed and gifted you to do. But that, that obviously is very rare. Is it, though? It is. Uh, I don't know that that's, that's yeah. the case. Jared, I'm telling you what. I would, I, would, I would gladly preach probably 36 sermons a year without a paycheck. We are in a room... Of the ten percent of the church, that's that a very specific. Do number, something. 36. I would gladly not preach thirty-six sermons a year <laughs> to get the church out of the sanctuary on Sunday morning and doing community service. Community service. What would you do for a Klondike bar, or <laughs> what? What would you do to not have to administrate and do the things? that you think a pastor should be doing. Could you take a part, part-time or a full-time job somewhere else and do that? <laughs> you realize who you're talking to, right? <laughs> he he yes. does that already. I have Terry, never, who I deeply admire, on, is bivocational. I am, I'm trying not to make it personal. I have never <laughs> been a full-time pastor. That's correct, right. But what... What and I'm I'm that's trying a whole different to, subject. That's a different rabbit trail. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm trying to keep it not personal. So you, you know, well, I know that about you. You, you know, I know that about you. So, would, what would a person do? And what would a person not require to do the things that God has gifted them to do? And let the ball drop if somebody else is not listening to the call of God on their life to go do something they've been gifted for. I'm, it, it, it frustrates me to no end for somebody to say, we need this to happen in this body of Christ and somebody's not doing it. So I'm going to stop doing what I'm gifted at and called at to go over and do this thing that somebody else is supposed to be doing that doesn't need to be done. But that's what life is. It is. It is. Does it have to be? This is the kingdom of God. See, in a business, in a in the, we are we are lamenting as the soon business. As Time out. We are lamenting <laughs> that I'm on a rant and I'm going. He turned me down so I can keep going. In the business I world, that's how it works. In the business world, that's how it works. You do this job because that's the job you were hired to do because we said that's what you need to do. And if it doesn't get done, you're fired. But and even in the in business the world, there's creep. Even in the business world, you were hired to do A, B, and C, and you've been doing that so well for the last two years. Here's D, E, F, and G, so F and, and U. And that's the business world, <laughs> but we're not in the business world. We all just sat here and lamented the fact that the church is not the business okay. world, and we have moved into the business world, so let's stop. How? But that's not how it works. How? How does it work? As soon as humanity fell, no, no, it put created... It back, put it back on here and stop. How? How do we stop? Stop! How? You just did at your church. Look, I'm not going to do this. Well, that's because I'm awesome. <laughs> this, and quite frankly, hey, and you because know of past struggles, not... I don't need my paycheck. I literally said that to them. I do not need to be paid what I am paid. Right. Now, now, it's, I so do it's understand, easy for me to say. I right, do understand no. that some people are in positions right now that have been created for them unfortunately, by the church. I understand that that's the case. I'm talking big picture concept here. We had a big picture concept change 70 years ago. Ish. Well, let's change 70 years from now. Let's say, but 
That's let's, 70 years from now, let's say Jesus thanks for coming back. But if he hasn't yet, um, 70 years from now, let's say, hey, we had a big shift back 70 years ago and, and put things back in the place where, where God is calling and equipping people to fill certain roles in the body of Christ as a foot or a hand or an eye. And that's what those people are doing. That okay. hand is will not, not work. Has something to say because you would have to engage in in the you'd have to engage in that struggle. You would have to become the thing you're trying to destroy, conquer the thing you're trying to destroy, to change it. That that dynamic that you're talking about. Why don't we just stop? Right? We could, right? But you can't go back and change the things that have been changed. You can't reshift. You're doing it. You're doing it. The pastor at a church of 40 people, a lot of people would think should be teaching Sunday school. But you're not. You don't would, teach Sunday school, right, Terry? Sunday school? I won't. You won't <laughs> teach Sunday school. Jared that would be doesn't get paid and he teaches Sunday school. Jared has a gift of teaching. You get ripped off, Jared. Yeah. yeah. Dead it. So you should see the checks you're missing. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I've seen our budget. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that in a way that says. I, I, no, please, I, I sound. Yeah. Please I, don't hear that, Terry, as a. Jared's doing it without being paid. Why can't you? No, I understand that where you're at right now in the situation you're in, the, the, the job that you are doing needs to be paid. That church needs to support you financially. But a little piece of what I'm talking about happened at Dayton Center Wesley Church. You're not teaching Sunday school, which a lot of people might say, well, the pastor's supposed to do that in a church that size. Jared is. Please don't say my name in Sunday school in the same sentence anymore. Jared so teaches good. Sunday school. And, and he's and gifted sometimes he at uses it. sentences. Is, <laughs> would you agree, Terry, that Jared is gifted in that area? Yes. He is not. And he's doing that. <laughs> and And... So uh, when I say well, you can't just stop, Jared, no time. you no, can't, not. you can't just stop. You are stopping. I'll let you borrow the letters. No, that's good. You are stopping. I don't know. Does no, that make sense I, that you are stopping when I say that? Does that make sense? That situation is part of stopping. But it can only go so far. The Christian church has always been the kid with their finger in the dam. Like what, what you're... What you're describing, I theoretically agree with, but you're never going to get that much involvement. You're so, no, you are practically agreeing with it. You're doing it right now. But I understand that that will never work as a system. It can't. It, it works right now. No. Like, by what you're saying, everyone should do their part and carry the whole ball of wax forward, right? Carry the kingdom forward, everyone mm -hmm. doing their part for whatever is fair for that situation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That won't work because God gives everyone that opportunity. Yes, we Dude, all have the gifting in that group. It'll work perfectly if we just start a cult. No. <laughs> but we, but, we, yeah. we, but we, have, we are still in the business mindset if I think if we say we can't let this ball drop because the business will fail. Oh, I, wait, it's we're, not. We're a talking about two very different things. So your 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 premise is addressing two different problems with the same answer. Your your the administrative thing is kind of a separate from everyone needs to do their part thing. Why? 
administrative uh, because administration we're, we're, we're talking about we're talking about the greater church and then the kingdom work again. They're, they're two separate things. The kingdom work is always the Bible going to doesn't, be the... The Bible doesn't separate them. Administration is a gift just like evangelism. Right, but administrative is not anything like what we're doing right now as a church. So let's stop doing it. That's not going to work. So, hear that thing in the background? I love cats. Okay. So, <laughs> have you ever seen one of those little toys that a cat has... It's like a whole bunch of little circles with a ball in it, and they kind of smack the ball around. Yeah. And it, it, but it can't leave the toy itself. The ball is there. I feel like that's what we're doing right now. I, I, I'm completely we're, lost. And We're smacking that ball in a circle. It just keeps coming back around. So I want to take a break from it. We had a question from a listener for a pastor. All right. I want to ask the question. Um, how do you see children in the church? From an involvement standpoint, what is the goal as a pastor for children, and how do you bring and retain young families? I, I, I wanted to break up that dialogue because I felt like we were literally we were not just going, going in circles. Yes. We weren't going anywhere. So I wanted to, since we, we actually did have one of, one of our listeners asked an ask actual question, I wanted to make sure we tackled it. <laughs> well, and it's it's not unrelated. Shut up. You're not the pastor. Oh, sorry. You're Jeez. Right. <laughs> the cliche answer the children are our future <laughs> and they are tomorrow's church <laughs> there you go erica it's there's, not, there's it's your not deep wrong. profound answer <laughs> the cliche is not wrong it's cliche <laughs> i think the children need to witness us do church and be a part of it a part of the worship and i am all for the kids getting up front in front of the camera and singing and playing all kinds of instruments during worship and just... But only after months and months of practice, so it sounds perfect, no. right? Yeah. <laughs> if I can get up and lead worship just singing a cappella... You do? I, I was never there for that. I was never occasion. there for that. Yeah. For many years. Wow. While a piano and an organ sat idle, I did that. And it was horrible. I'll admit it. So horrible that... Jared's dad offered to lead worship. Because <laughs> that's yes, a step up. Be real bad. <laughs> but, you know, kids need to be involved. I love you, Greg. And <laughs> I think they need to be... Also, I think they need to be a part and see individuals testify to their faith. Hallelujah. So it's more... What I'm hearing you say, correct me if I'm wrong, is invo- not necess- focus on the kids, but... Focus on seeing that what the adults are doing. So, how do you retain? So, should kids families? be dismissed for junior church? Dun, dun, dun. It's a big question. A lot of that's churches. A, that's an expectation. There's not a right or wrong answer to that. There's very good things that happen in the children's church situation. But, the gift of deflection again. But <laughs> he's, he's actually this. He has right. a very good stand. <laughs> But the kids, if they're not in the sanctuary, and if they don't see mom and dad worshiping, what's their basis to even begin? And I don't want to hear, oh, but they're not going to carry on their parents' faith. Okay? Parents play a crucial role in their children being brought up. The Bible's very clear in that. Yeah, if the only thing kids are seeing is two hours on Sunday, they're going to abandon the faith anyway. Yes. You, you just sit still well, for 30 more seconds yeah. and you get to go downstairs. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I, I, I like the 
I want the children to feel like they can be upstairs without the mean old adults feeling like they're well, I think part of that expectation the in, sanctity of yes. this situation. in today's world and okay. specifically with young families creating a culture where it's okay that the kids are loud because how dare your your how dare your eight month old cry? That is what's that the is, matter with you? That is a real thing. It does. Uh, it does. It's oh, a very right. real churches thing. have a cry room. Yeah, and <laughs> like, like you're welcome to have your child here as long as we can't hear him. Right, I and I, a meme I think that's a couple a weeks thing. ago. If I can't preach over your kid, I will sit down and he can have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so I think a part of that thing. How do you retain young families? Maybe make it. I mean, wouldn't that's it all part. Great, of it, wouldn't it be great if there was just. Step one. Yeah. Step two. Step three. <laughs> Here's a self-defeating answer. You retain young families by having lots of young families. That's one of the reasons we're switching churches on a Sunday is because we need to be in a church with more young families. Well, to get young families is no different than any other family. You've got to make a connection with them. Yeah. And if they don't feel connected, why would they stay why in would the first they, place? Why would, yeah. why people are, right now people are longing for authenticity and they're looking to be cared for. And <laughs> I would think young families would be looking for an older church with grandpa and grandmas that would take uh-huh. them in their arms uh-huh. and spoil them rotten. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I um, get the other, the other kid on one. One of the one of the things I appreciated about Dayton Center Wesleyan is Terry. You know, we we lean more toward. We've said that name enough times. We need a pork butt. Yeah. Okay. We require. It's not that cooked or uncooked. Oh no, it's got to be. I can be, get you a pork butt. No, tomorrow. it's got to be I can smoke it all right, but no, it I'd needs to be, it to be prepared. What papers do you use? Huh? Wax. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. Pork butt. We would appreciate a pork butt. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things I appreciated, we we kind of lean toward the um, keep the kids in the service with us. We're not, you know, I mean, yeah, occasionally the kids will, you know. They're having a hard time that day, you know, focusing and paying attention or whatever. That's fine. They want to go to children's church. That's fine. But we, we lean toward keeping them in the service. But my kids appreciated that every once in a while you would, in your preaching, say, kids, let me talk to you for a second. Kids, you know, kids, hey, when your parents, like, you engaged the children in the worship. You engage the children in the worship. And I think when we do a children's program, or when we don't do a children's program, you know, if you're, if you're going to be in that camp of, you know, what, no, kids need to stay with us, then you, then you need to engage the children where they are. If all you, when you're given an example, if all you talk about is the office, if all you talk about is, is, is the job site, oh, you're going to say that's a good you know, that's Hey, a great, great, that's, 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 why, that's why I switched that. You know, talk about the playground. Because if you're going to have kids in there and you're going to have them participate in the worship and participate in the hearing of the words of God, then you need to talk to them as well. So I appreciated that. I'd rather talk to them after the service. I think they'll never remember a word I say while I'm up front, but they'll remember when I come up. My kids do. My kids do. What's going on in your life? You said, uh, you know, every once in a while your kids had problems. My kids got problems every Sunday. (laughs) Every Sunday. Uh, My kids are perfect. I got problems every Sunday. (laughs) My my kids are perfect. They get it from their mother. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) You're not my dad! (laughs) For the one time I try to tell your kid no... 
You're not my dad. <laughs> Was that that was Josiah? Yeah. 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 And he wasn't wrong. He, he wasn't was wrong. Not wrong. You're not wrong, Josiah. You're not wrong. He told me that once, and I think that was my exact words to him. I was like, hey man, can I forget we were at like your house for something? Uh-huh. And he's like, You're not my dad. I'm like, well, you're not wrong, son. <laughs> okay. You do whatever I'm, you want. Then. I'm not gonna die on this hill. <laughs> oh man. So did you have anything else you wanted to hit? Because you had you had talked about what was it you said like reshuffling of the deck and things like that nature. Is that do you feel like we've kind of? I just wanted to see if it was uh, happening in the churches they've experienced because that's the quote unquote trend that took place after COVID was the reshuffling that people left churches to go to churches that you were more like minded and felt more comfortable. I call it the mommy boo boo reaction. Uh, my my brother in law experienced a lot of that actually. He had a lot of people join his church because they continued meeting when a lot of other people's churches didn't mm-hmm. continue meeting. And he actually encouraged them at the end of it, like, go back and see if you can reconcile with that church because this church may not be the right fit for you. Right. Yeah. Just because so, we meet during COVID. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> one of 10 million. Make sure if you're going to move, of, this move is for the yeah. right reason. No, I, I just, that was one of the, and I am not a church trend guy. I am not the... You know, the past two hours, I'm really surprised that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but so do you feel like we hit that, or is there, was I, there I another feel, aspect of that? No, that I was just want, I want confirmation or... Bologna. So that was like no ten worries. minutes of the conversation, no so worries, you stuck Jared. it out for like two hours. We totally, we totally hit that. They had to, just nothing stop, to Joe. offer me, just so stop. we moved That on. is the third yeah. innuendo you have. So... Yeah, Miss I got Will, nothing. I'm trying to think of, but that's like a whole separate rabbit trail. I don't think it's worth it. What? Nothing. Like you he was it. talking about. I don't. I don't think it's worth it. Okay. As long as you don't. He said he would it. not talk about politics. I don't. So, I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail. Oh. Is it really worth the sweat and effort? And that just makes me want to. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask. Well, no, I, the, the, all the trends oh, that we're talking about, how does... I want to... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, how does I, that... <laughs> who is going to go here? Are you going to ask a question? Okay, Boys, rock, paper, scissors. Rock, to, one, two, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Uh, I lost. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to ask now. <laughs> but I won rock, paper, scissors. It was scissors. more about the battle. <laughs> right? The right there it is. Case in point. Now i got to remember. So you don't remember either. <laughs> no, I. See, welcome to undignified Christianity. We don't know matter. what we're talking about. It, it, maybe because like where I thought the conversation was going to go, right off the bat, you were like, "We're focusing on ourselves instead of focusing." I'm like, "Well, there went everything I was going to talk about." So, yeah, I'm good. I still don't remember what I was going to say, so don't worry about me. I was going to go more into. Um, especially with the COVID question, did that facilitate a lot of moves that were going to happen anyway? Because there was, like, there still is going on, like we said with your brother-in-law, that shuffling of the deck, people moving around. Is that because of strictly the COVID stuff? Or was it a convenient reason to sneak out of a situation you didn't like being in? So are we just realigning and polarizing? Because I think that's a trend in the church as well. We have, you know, stayers and goers, and some people stay too long, and some people leave too fast. So is that 
part of this whole conversation, or is it not really? Is that a separate? I don't know which side of that deck that I fall on between the stayers and goers, but somehow I feel personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I was not on both sides. <laughs> on both sides, I feel attacked. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that's a, a thing, like because we're reshuffling to be around people that we agree with more, which isn't. Bad necessarily, no, but said it's bad. I yeah, just read it, it as can a also. Trend, but if, it's not necessarily good all the time either. No, I mean, if you're in a not healthy situation, don't stay in that situation. But if you're leaving for something that's because you don't like it, are you leaving? Are you sometimes more comfortable is less healthy? Sometimes, yes. and it's nature to run to the comfort. Uh-huh. Right, uh-huh. always nature. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's... Uh, does anybody have any final thoughts they wanted to say before we land the plane? I wanted to ask Before you, we land the plane? I was instructed to ask landing the plane or at, since we've landed the plane. Paper Airplanes was one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. I don't want to do anything with planes. But I do have a question I was instructed to ask. Something about lighthouses as door stoppers. Uh, <laughs> uh, is, is that one you want to talk about right now or no? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> don't care lessons. <laughs> 70 listeners. What Sir, are the odds? We I got am, serious for like an hour. I want to hear a fun I story. I am not a fan of titles. Okay. <laughs> I am not a fan of Tell awards more, in the church. Awards, awards in the church. And I am not a fan of those awards being based on quote-unquote important statistics uh, and we were <sighs> I'm so done with this <laughs> <laughs> see I was trying to not lead down the lighthouse. I had to my I had lighthouse. to <laughs> sitting yeah. behind the door we, you don't want to answer you no, do not I'm going to answer I'm going to answer because it's truth it's exactly how I feel please don't step on me we, we were called the lighthouse district okay our, our district in the Wesleyan Church, and we would, if we met certain criteria, we would get this lighthouse award, and it was always a little miniature lighthouse ceramic type thing of all the lighthouses in Michigan. Every year was different, and we got to go up front. Yay, you meet these criterias. Yay for you. I want a picture of you receiving that award. He tried to make <laughs> me go accept that award. I, would, I, want, I want a picture. <laughs> Of him receiving that, I want. So to when see we the say criteria, that I don't like, need specifics, but like baptisms, conversions, attendance. You hit all of them. Okay, all right, all right. But Growth and all, Sunday school. But aren't yeah, that ties in with? Like I said, I don't need specifics. I just want to hear about no. the doorstopper. Well, I would bring them home, and they're just not going to sit around without a function, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. They're doorstoppers. They're they're still around the church. Somewhere. They serve their purpose. They did. They're somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't want people to realize they were awards because we're such an awesome church. <laughs> but that ties into everything we were talking about. Ken makes me want to start attending there again. <laughs> just, to, just to see the door stopper. It'd be like a scavenger hunt oh, yes, for the lighthouse. Joe, Joe, we'll start going and get him another one. <laughs> we are no so longer. Dayton Center West that Church administration is the place has to moved be. on. Any, oh shoot! They consolidated, reorganized. I would. And we are now a region. For we that, are no longer a district. For that, I would have advertised. With and a region's too big. You're never going to win any awards in a region as a small church, they right? Don't really have them. <laughs> yeah, Jerry just covered the microphone. <laughs>
I love our region. <laughs> you love it. I do. I just, I feel the love. I, just, it. I feel it. I think that's about it. I have nothing <laughs> negative to say about it. I, I think... No, I'm much positive to say it. No, I think... I think it's. I, I think a lot of the people I've met from the region are good, but I think that whole situation is part of what we were talking about this whole time. I agree, one hundred percent. Like that's the whole business model. Business. It worked in business, and this is the outline. So we need to follow. We're going to consolidate. It's more efficient. We're going we're gonna to build these measurements. Anyway, I think that's the. I think that's the end. I think we've all exhausted everything we were going to talk about. I'm exhausted. <laughs> he was exhausted before he you showed up. You look exhausted, and you still have to preach tomorrow. <laughs> you guys screwed up my Saturday night routine. <laughs> don't talk to anyone. Don't look at anyone. <laughs> Store up beer. all my people skills so I can all be used up in two hours. Oh, Joe, man. you got, any, you got, any, you got any honey left over there, Joe? <laughs> no way, man. I chugged that down 20 minutes ago. <laughs> all right, so if you want to get a hold of us... Um, UndignifiedChristianity at gmail.com. We're not even doing closers. You got, like, I kept giving you the ins to do closers, and you guys you, kept no, you staring said, at me. Do you want to say anything before we land the plane? And that's yeah. not a closer. A closer is either landing the plane or after the plane has landed on the way back into the Okay, hangar. so when I said, as we're landing the plane, I meant to you, the plane has landed. Please get your baggage. We're leaving. <laughs> oh, all right. You didn't say that. Though. So get your baggage. You wrapped it up. I'm done. We're done. Okay. I'm good. All right.